Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Today's Sunday session is brought to you thanks to the fine folks at More Beer. Visit them right now at morebeer.com. If you really want to be one of the best brewers there is... I stopped uh, dressing all in plastic. You better be brewing five to six times a week. A beer, every beer, is made with love, and it begs to, to be appreciated. I need something to kill the salmonella I'm kind of worried about in the eggs. Do you find that, uh, that the hops kind of clash with the uh, chicken embryo you put in there? <laughs> well, I might sleep here tonight. It's a California <laughs> king. There's plenty of room for both of us, Beavis. Yeah. How many of the brewers over there have seen your ass? That's it. Someone's getting cut tonight. All I yeah. have to say Hey, McDonald, how you doing? <laughs> now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Well, all right. Here we are back in the studio after a... uh a whirlwind tour of the Great American Beer Festival, which... Uh, <laughs> it's a whirlwind version. <laughs> yeah. Every, there we don't sleep at all. Every version. Oh. There was at least one night that I did not sleep at all. Ooh. I'm really glad that uh, festival season and our sort of party season, I should probably call it, is over. It's officially over with yeah, the Great American it. Beer mm-hmm. Festival. You, re- you I, really I do a survive. straight all-nighter? Uh, yeah, wow. I, I slept for an hour uh, that night, and then I had to get to set up for the award ceremony. What was the hour, like 8 to 9 a.m.? What are we talking uh, about? 6 to 7 a.m., and then I had to get up and go set up because uh, the awards start kind of early on Saturday. And, uh, sounds painful. I'm not the smartest individual in the, in the bunch. Uh, I, I showed up at GABF with a strong combination of the flu and a hangover from JP's wedding. <laughs> uh, which How could was, you detect which the flu through the uh, JP's wedding? Well, the flu was the um, the fever and the shakes and the overall lack of anything functioning normally. Uh, the hangover <laughs> was just my brain being real dumb and um, you know whatever else was left after the flu. <laughs> it was rough, though. I, so I flew out. Uh, basically, what happened was we, we, we got to JP's wedding on Friday, and then we, we partied at late. And then w- there was a wedding Saturday, and then we partied late. And then Sunday, a few of us felt like, well, why don't we just go? We'll go to my house. We'll 
We'll lazy, we'll lazy <laughs> yeah, party. lazy party. I thought we were just going to hang out a little. What could go wrong? <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? We raged, drank a lot. <laughs> yeah. And then I was already sick on Sunday, too, with a throat thing. And it just, eh, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not all that bright. So we then, um, yeah, we just kind of kept right on going. I, but I woke up Monday morning just feeling terrible, but had to get on a flight. Ooh. And by the time I got to Denver, I was dying a slow death. So I did not, I checked into my hotel. I did not get out of my bed for two days. I didn't get out of my oh, bed till oh, Wednesday wow. <laughs> when I had to go set up my booth. That's very responsible of you. And even then, yeah, things weren't going too great. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but anyhow, you know, you power through it. That's what you do. We had a great week at the Great American Beer Festival. Uh, by Thursday, or Fr- Thursday, I was starting to feel a little better. By Friday, I was feeling pretty good. So I thought, well, must be time <laughs> to go party again. Okay turn, it, turn it back on. So I stayed out all night like an idiot on the worst night to do it. Yeah, um, take it easy. So uh, the point is, we had a great JBF, and I'm glad that festival season is over. I feel like now I can I can stay at home and work like a normal job, like what normal humans do, where you go to work and you do work and you go home and you sleep, <laughs> and then you, and the next day you get up and you go to work. That's, I'm really I've never looked so forward to it in my life. Yeah, this raging drunk thing's getting old. It's getting, and yeah. as am I. Yeah. Uh, so the combination of the two <laughs> is going to kill me. Well, any festival, anything we do, any festival is always like three days. There's always the, you know, day before the day of, then usually you're part of the day after. Yeah, exactly. So, but it was really a great time, and uh, we have a great show for you tonight. We, I know I say that all the time, but wait till you hear this line. Well, we have a great show all the time. Uh, <laughs> there you go. That's Come true. On. <laughs> uh, first, let me thank our sponsor, More Beer. Our good friends over at morebeer.com, they bring you this session and every session that we do, and we love them for it, and you should too. Go over, check them out at morebeer.com. They're good people. They've been supporting us for 10 years now, and, and boy, do I love them for it. Um, so on tonight's show, we're going to do a Great American Beer Festival recap, and to do that, we got a couple great guests for you. We're going to be talking to Jay Goodwin of the Rare Barrel. Never heard of him. Uh, he won, the, the Rare Barrel, I should say, won two medals in the same category, bronze and silver. And let me tell you, the room was waiting with bated breath to find <laughs> out if they were going to sweep the category. Yeah. Oh, I mean, th- there were gasps in the room. Well, it's hard to have like, many yeah. beers in one category. And I think could they put all their beers in that category because it's all they make. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, but has but it ever still, happened that someone? I don't, I don't think so. But there, I, we'd have to ask somebody much wiser than me about that. Yeah, I don't think so. I have seen multiple medals in a category yeah, yeah, before, yes. uh, but it's rare. It's it's very yeah. rare. Huh. Uh, well, think about it. Though. When it was small, <laughs> when we were little lads, or I was, yeah, uh, it, it could have been. It could have easily happened. Actually. Sure, there could have mm-hmm. been only eight entries in a category. Oh. You put, you know, quite a few in there, and you win. Yeah, I could see it. But not, not now. Not with 188 beers and categories. Yeah. So we're going to be talking to Jay. He's going to call in. We're going to find out about the two uh, award-winning beers and then maybe get some techniques from him about what he thinks uh, made the difference in this. Then we're going to talk to our old friend Paul Sangster from Rip Current <laughs> Brewery. Nice. Now, the, now, Paul ended up winning very small brew pub of the year. Yeah. This one made me cry. I was sitting over my little booth, yeah, well, booth there, getting teary because uh, you know we had him on when he was an Incasi well, no, winner. No, he's, yeah, he's an, he, and, he reached the highest levels of as an amateur. Yeah, and now a pro. Yeah. And now as a pro, yeah. and so it was just cool to see no, he's such a hard. nice gentleman. Yes. And so uh, we're yeah. going to talk to him about the couple of beers that got him that medal. Uh, maybe get some tips and tricks about how to how to make those beers ourselves. And this is really a, a full circle thing, especially with him. We had him on this show as the Incasi winner. 
Right. And then we had him on again when he first started Rip Current. Exactly. And now we're getting him on when he's very small brew pub of the year. And then we'll get him on again in a year when he's bought out by AB. You see? <laughs> right. Full yeah. circle. We're going to do the whole Calls thing. Calls in. So speaking of uh, AB, also during our beer news segment tonight, which I, I always really enjoy our beer news segment, we're going to be talking about two top stories. Um, so uh, you're going to want to pay attention because we're going to be speaking live to Chuck Silva tonight, and we're also going to be speaking live to Meg Gill uh, tonight from Golden Road Brewing. Uh, Chuck Silva, uh, as you'll find out in the news, uh, formerly of Green Flash Brewing Company. So we're going to find out what they have to say about uh, two of the biggest stories in craft beer right now. That's going to happen in the 7 o'clock hour, probably right around 7.30. So you're going to want to stick with us for that. Nice. Um, so that's our show. we got more to do, too. We're going to play some games after that and uh, lots going on. So I'm going to get right to it, uh, let you know that Bear Republic will be here at the Hop Grenade this Wednesday, September 30th, so day after tomorrow. Come hang out with us and Bear Republic. Uh, they also won at least one, I think two medals I at uh, the JBM. Is the one? Is the one? one? Yeah. I can look it up. Uh, so we're going to have them here at the Hop Grenade. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Winterfest. That's right. Oh, the beginning <laughs> of party season. Oh, that's, that's now, that, now the festival season is over. Well, we already, we'll, we'll be in and out of rehab by then. Right? We, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we should be back on right. top by then. January 30th. I'm just giving you a save the date. It's happening January 30th. As always, it is, uh, you know, those of you who always wonder what the date is, it is always the weekend between the NFL playoffs and the, and the Super Bowl. It's that empty weekend right oh, there. And uh, this year falls on Saturday, uh, January 30th. So come party with us. Um, it's going to be a good time. And I'll give you website and ticket information as soon as we have it. I'm just giving you a save the date. Uh, we got an AHA rally coming up, actually. Um, that's going to be Saturday, October 10th. So that's next Saturday. And we're going to be doing that at Heretic in um, Fairfield. Is oh, that nice. his city, Fairfield? Yeah. Yes. I always forget. I was, Fairfield. I was confused. Yeah. Fairfield. Fairfield and Vacaville. That's why. That's pretty, why pretty close. But, yeah. Um, very famous town. So we will be there. I don't know in what capacity, but the Brewing Network will be there for the AHA rally. We, we may be doing a show, but right now I'm really tired. I'll, so be, there yeah. as I'll, I'll be there as myself. Party show. season just ended. Yeah, right. So yeah, Justin so. will be there not partying. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. So just there's a couple things to put on your calendar. Don't forget that Moscow's new Hop Life gear is available for purchase here at the Hop Grenade and also over at HopLifeStore.com. There you go. Check out HopLifeStore.com. And it's really cool stuff. It's, it's Moscow original art put onto tees, and it looks really cool. So check it out. And uh, uh, prints, too. We, I've done... Uh, my first go ever at uh, printmaking, like took one of my old paintings and made prints of it. Oh, good. Like, uh, hand uh, numbered and editioned and everything. Never done that with any piece of work I've ever made. So we started with uh, one piece from this cop cartoon thing, and a bunch of people have bought them. People like them. It's like a inexpensive option for people who can't necessarily uh, you know, afford an original painting. Beautiful. Yeah. Which is like me. I might buy a print. Oh, yeah? Would you, for your would you be pissed off me if I buy prints and not original? No, not at all. As a matter you see of fact, the price of the originals? Are I'm they, serious here. Are they expensive? Yeah, you can't afford it. So oh. I'm thinking twice about that. The man spends hours on these things. No, I they're a, worth it. I'm just saying. They're, they're, yeah. And they're really nice. I have an artist friend who did what he called the minimum wage series once. And that's what he charged for his work. He he oh. he he just added up his hours, I see. Mm-hmm. and then plus the materials, and right. he and he he paid himself minimum wage. They were very very expensive, expensive. pieces. Well. Yeah. More yeah. than that, no, More they were that. very very expensive pieces mm-hmm. because of the amount of time that he, that he spent on this thing. But it was he did it just to try, I think, to open people's eyes a little bit to not just the struggles of minimum wage workers. 
but the struggles of artists. It's not actually overpriced. It's just and he went, well, yeah. And he goes, I, I would love for you to buy this. I know you probably can't afford it. It barely pays me minimum wage. Totally, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I thought yeah. it was an interesting concept. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, I wish I was one of those artists who, who work where, like, uh, my finished piece looked like a zoomed-in photo of a, of a paint apron. Yeah. Like, indistinguishable from <laughs> who knows what. Yes. Because then if I worked quickly... Then, yeah, spend two hours on a piece and charge five grand. No big deal. Easy street. Yeah, it's not the way it goes. You know you know where the big margins are in, in distilled spirits, I hear. I hear that's where the big margins are. <laughs> yes. And not in beer and not in art. More than one beer person getting into distilling these days. Oh, yeah. yeah we'll get into that later. All right, good. So, um, hoplifegearstore.com. Check it out. Also, you can do your Amazon shopping. Click Amazon link on the homepage, and then you shop as normal. And it's a, just an easy way to support us because we get a commission. You're not giving it all over to the man. Giving it to the boys, I don't know, us. Uh, do we have a product? Yeah, someone bought The Living Daylights. That's the uh, Timothy Dalton, James Bond flick from 1987. Nice. And uh, this, ins- you'll, you'll be happy to know whoever bought this. You inspired me to start looking at um, formerly exotic cars on Craigslist. Because in this movie, Tim Dalton drove a Lotus Esprit Turbo from oh, like yeah. 88, and it turned into a submersible. You remember that? A <laughs> nice. white submersible? Yeah. And so I was like, hey, I wonder what Esprits go for these days. So I went on Craigslist. Sure enough, down in like San Leandro, some guy had a 91 Esprit Turbo for sale. That was a supercar when we were kids. That was yeah. right up there with like Porsche and Ferrari. And, what yeah, is it 27 now? grand. And the thing had like 26,000 miles on the odometer. It was a time capsule. 27 grand? That still sounds expensive. Wow. Is it? Well... Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, for a, back for a then. car that kept up with two hundred thousand dollars, super. It was a supercar, right? Yeah, I had oh. models of that thing. Nice, twenty-seven grand. Well, he was the you worst get James it? Bond. So <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> yeah. The car wasn't that great either, but uh, you know, it's nostalgic. Uh, anyway, thanks for buying that uh, through our link. We appreciate it. All right, you can subscribe and join the BN Army. Just hit the donate button on our homepage, and uh, it enters you uh, for a chance to win one hundred dollars to our More Beer monthly donation giveaway. Last year, our winner was David Necht, K N E C H T. David Necht. David, we're still waiting to hear from you because your address isn't current in PayPal. And the reason I'm bringing that up is to make sure that all of you go and give us a current address in PayPal. Because what we do is we take all of you who are subscribers, we put you into a hat we draw a name and the only way we have to contact you is with your email through paypal so if you are a subscribing donor please go log in make sure that you're up to date you don't want to miss out on your 100 gift certificate if we don't hear from david by next month then we'll draw another name we'll do two in one month so um thanks for all your support hit the donate button we need it uh send your show ideas over to scott the jew that's scott at the brewing network.com send feedback to feedback at the brewing network.com and get all these updates and more over on twitter and facebook uh, do we have a Twitter game today, Moscow? Yeah, we do. I JP's... made it up this one all by my my lonesome. Yeah, JP's off on his honeymoon right now. That's yeah, right. He's so... in Disney World right what? now. The yeah. Magic Kingdom. He's doing the Disney tour. I'm surprised he's not also going to Paris because he did, sure. he did Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Then he, now he's doing Disney World. It's just another hop over to Paris. Can you imagine the plane ride, though? <laughs> 14 hours of him white-knuckling. Oh, uh, that would be rough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's why you got to B.A. Baracus him for that. There's, not, there's not, not enough Xanax in a bottle for him to make make it to Paris. <laughs> Just what I was going to say. Not enough Xanax. Is yeah. there a, there's one in Japan, too, isn't there? Yep. Oh. Got to do the global tour. <laughs> well, that's a long jump, that one. Yeah, and then going. you come back around the come, other side. Yeah. You just you circumnavigate the globe. Wow, that's a honeymoon right there. <laughs> Uh, all right, so uh, our Twitter game is brought to you today by the Labruski Cruise, and we're going on the Labruski Cruise. It's the first week in March where it's all beer lovers doing beer things, plus music from uh, Kyle Hollingsworth of the String Cheese Incident and a whole bunch of other artists as well. OAR, the headliner. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Nice. Uh, where do you go to get details about that? Uh, you can go to com. Actually, 
It's kind of a convoluted one. But if you go to LabrewskiCruise.com slash the Brewing Network special offer with dashes in between all those words, yeah. uh, Brewing Network, uh, you get uh, our special listener deal, uh, which is a whole bunch of, what is it, 20 free craft beer drink tickets on board. Nice. You basically get 20 free pours on board. 20. That's, that's my uh, first day. Is that nice. the, the first night watching, uh, seeing up all night yeah. with Justin? That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll, we'll be back into, what, next right. year's party well, season by extra. then? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, also, I mean, it helps us, too, because we want them to know that we sent them, uh, we sent you their way. So make yeah. sure you let them know that by, by using... Uh, our link. I'm going to make that easier, too. Right now, there is a rotating banner on our homepage that has the Labruski Cruise. That will get you there and will and is our link. But I'll, I'll put a stationary link on the homepage this week, and that way you all can click the Labruski Cruise right there on thebrewingnetwork.com and uh, get your tickets. Come hang out with us, because it's going to be a good time. What's our Twitter game? Uh, the Twitter game is, what happened in Denver that uh, Justin, Bevo, Pushy, and Jamie wish stayed in Denver? <laughs> of course, that's Vegas's tagline, but you know, I'm sure Everything. a lot went on that uh, you wish didn't. So what it, was it? I would say it was our one of our most debaucherous years we've ever done. So <sighs> just keep that in mind and uh, tell us what happened that we want to leave in Denver. Yeah, Bevo walked in the door. I haven't seen her in a week. And she goes, well, I got drunk. That was the first thing she said. <laughs> Good yeah. and drunk. We got her drunk. There were some Bevo firsts. Um, it was one hell of a... An experience. And, oh, and you know what else, Tasty? The mm-hmm. first time in 10 years, because uh-huh. I think I've been doing GABF for 10 years now. First time that I didn't do what? A beer Jeopardy? No. But no, no. <laughs> I didn't go to Falling Rock Tap oh, I, uh, Not even once. Oh, I, went, wow. I went once. I mean, it's like my place. That's like home yeah, to me. It's the know, only place I go. I avoided it mostly. It's just always a zoo. Too crowded. You, you, know, you, you, you end up there after the festival's over, right? Yes. Well, all the yo-yos show up there. And, but now everybody says that, and I agree. It's hard, but I always get a beer. No, I know. And it's you get fun. It And I like that everybody's there. I like being in a big crowd then. <laughs> it's it's big fun. Crowd. So, but no. It's because you're tall. That's that's hell to me. Yeah, oh, right. <laughs> I'm not breathing armpits all the way through the crowd. Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't go. I, a little yeah. disappointed in myself. But, oh, they had some uh, nice events there, too, where they had yeah. exclusive beers and that kind of thing. Sorry, Chris Black. I'll make it up to you, but I didn't, I didn't Something tells year. me he didn't quite need you there. Oh, he did. He, <laughs> he was devastated. I'm sure of it. He's still getting over it. <laughs> Where's Justin? <laughs> all right. So send your Twitter ideas over to us, and uh, the winner is uh, tonight's Twitter game will be entered uh, for a chance to win a cabin on the Labruski Cruise with us. All right, let's do some feedback. Feedback's brought to you today by Beer Law Center. My good friend John over at BeerLawCenter.com. Check it out. He protects the Hop Grenade logo, which is a giant pain in the ass for him to do, uh, but he does a good job of it, so he can help you, too. Go to BeerLawCenter.com. Here's one from Chad that came through uh, about GABF. Hey, guys, I just wanted to say thanks for providing so many awesome shows. I'm leaving tomorrow morning for Denver to enjoy the Great American Beer Festival because Sam Adams chose my beer as a finalist for their long shot competition. Hey, hey, hey. Now, I'm going to venture out and say here that we have had a finalist in the long shot competition every year since Tasty did it. It seems like it's every year a listener calls and uh, says they're in. I think so. Now, was your year the first year they had ever done it, or had they been doing it? Oh, no, no, they've been doing it. They did it for years before. I think it was like this, but I think and they stopped it and they started it back up. Okay. And I think I was the second year that they, brought they started it back. it back. So it may have even been the year before that. But I'm saying yeah. every year we have a finalist as a listener. And I love that. I think it's cool. <laughs> That's pretty cool, yeah. Um, if we win, are we going to stop entering as a club? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm sick of it. Did yeah. they boo uh, when they, when they, when yeah. we, 
<laughs> we don't know if he won. Did he win? We have to look well, it up. Well, we uh, don't know yet. I think we've... No, we wouldn't. They announced it at the JBF, and I think he didn't win. Yeah, he didn't. He was one of the four finalists. He did not win. Uh, he does go on to say that... Um, I also got a silver medal in the spice beer category at the National Homebrewers Conference this year. And I can honestly say that the uh, information I got from listening to all the shows in the BN has helped me bring my brewing up to this level and achieve these accomplishments. So look forward to seeing you in Denver, which we didn't see him. I didn't see anybody. I saw strippers in my bed. <laughs> um, okay, so that's from Chad. And he left his phone number for whatever. I don't know if you want that. But, uh, yeah, send that over. Three, five, five, five. All right, so this email is from Brian, and it's titled, Why Evan is an Asshole. And I think he means Evan from Noble Ale Works. Evan Price. He goes on to say, Hi, my networks. Uh, I've been catching up on back episodes, and I just listened to the Noble Ale Works show. And here's why Evan Pierce is an asshole. Because ever since listening, wherever I, whenever I see a fly land on somebody or myself, <laughs> I visualize that person as a large, lumpy piece of shit. <laughs> Which I think is the part that Evan taught us that he says that to his buddy every time he sees a fly land on him. He goes, you're a piece of shit. (laughs) That had me laughing for days after the show whenever I saw a fly. It's pretty funny. Uh, He says, even worse, now that the image is in my head, I'm pretty sure I'll uh, never be able to stop seeing it anyway. Um, So I love the show. Thanks for the info. Um, Suck it to the new website, he says, from Brian. All right. Uh, Jack writes in, thanks for the great shows. Dear Brewcasters. I just wanted to thank you all. My Saison won Best in Show at the Washington State Fair. Oh, yeah. Top dog. He says it's the first competition he's ever entered. Y'all have helped me to vastly improve my beer. And more importantly, I'm having more fun brewing because of your shows. Now I'll go fix my PayPal account so I continue, uh, can continue to support and be in the BN Army. Thanks from Jack. Thanks, dude. Congrats. Uh, Melvin writes in, and I think this one is a joke. But I think it's a joke written in English by a person whose English is not who English is not their first, first language. Yeah. Hmm. Well, we'll see. Maybe it's not a joke, but you guys can be the we'll judge. See. Uh, Justin question. is real handsome. Yeah, definitely a joke. Uh, questions about making beers, how it's titled. And he says, Dear Justin, your radio channel is very informative. Thank you, in caps, for the free information about how to make a beer. Um, please wondering if you can give some advice. Trying to flavor my beer with the yeasts, but it's not turning out. I do all the steps, but just get a sticky, bitter, also clean-tasting drink when she's finished. Is it possible to put too much hops in the star sand? (laughs) Seem like making beer is a lot of trouble, and I don't like the beer that much. Sincerely, from Melvin. Sounds like one of those spams. Yeah, I think he might just be copying a spam. Just changing some of the words. I was uh, thinking maybe it's just a, a bad uh, yeah, English second language until they got to the hops in the star sand thing. Right. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's not possible. And that's what I thought, too. Yeah. Um, that kind of made me go Should like, we answer yeah, in I, case it's real? We have, a, we have a responsibility to. There might be other people out <laughs> well, there wondering the same thing. Why don't we just ask for clarification on that portion? Okay. Are, if you're put, yeah, are you putting your, are. your hops into star sand on purpose? Yes. Okay. And then. Uh, then we'll respond to the whole thing. And then we'll get back. Okay, there you go. Good good advice, Tasty. So, Melvin, write back to us with some clarification. shit all the time. Yeah, or go fuck yourself. It's a joke. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> uh, somebody else writes in, um, it's titled, JP has a nicely shaped skull, but I don't think there's anything about that in here. Um, Hello, Brewcasters and beautiful Bevo. Uh, I am a longtime listener since I started uh, brewing seven years ago when I was 20. Uh, he says, all right, now listen, I'm trying to catch up in the archives after a hiatus, and I recently listened to the Society Show. Oh, and here he goes off on Society. 
He says, it sounds like they make great beer, and unfortunately, I live in the northeast corner of Tennessee, and I can't get it here. However, WTF Society, what is it with breweries trying to be so Portland hipster douchebag and preaching, and the word he's written is perseverating? Oh, yeah. Is that a word in Moscow? Uh, Preaching and perseverating on how they don't brew to style. What is perseverating? Uh, That's what society does. repeat. Okay. Uh, on, on, on how they don't brew to style. Tasty was just asking simple questions, and they were dodging questions, saying shit like, why does it matter? You volunteered... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they did do that, yeah. yeah. You volunteered your time to be on an effing online radio program geared towards homebrewers discussing brewing techniques. And then you avoid, you avoid answering simple questions about techniques or recipes. Why? Are you so insecure with your abilities as brewers that you're afraid to that if you divulge your trade secrets that people won't buy your beer because all six people who are sober enough listening to this show will make your beer, open an effing brewery, sell in your market, and run you out of business? (laughs) (sighs) Jamil gives everyone all of his recipes and techniques, and he did it because he knew that the recipe is only a small percentage of what it takes to make good beer. I know this is a rant, but I felt myself talking to my iPod in irritation while listening to that. Please discuss this. I want to know how the brewcasters really feel about effing demo brewers who act like their recipes are proprietary, proprietary techniques and need to be hidden or kept from others. Keep up the good work and suck at JP. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I remember that, too. And not only were they uh, dodging, they were also answering questions with questions. Right? Like, Tasty would be like, well, so what was the, the starting gravity? And they'd be like, well, did it taste good at the end? Right. Like, right. Yeah, that's like, all that matters, what? right? Yeah. It's like, God, all right. Didn't yeah. I, I feel like I need it's... to interject yeah. how drunk they were. Yeah, they were yes. You guys remember that, right? So do you think they were just deflecting that they didn't have that information? Oh, that's on they hand? were having fun by not yeah. I think I remember that I also was somewhat irritated with that and was trying to call them out on it. Like, I think I remember saying, like, all right, well, I get it. You don't brew to style, but it is still a valid question. I think I was sticking up for you quite oh, a bit. Well, I wasn't like, I, I didn't uh, matter that much. But. Yeah. Well, yeah, they, uh, they were avoiding. I don't remember. That's fine. I, I, uh, I don't feel like, uh, I, I can't judge him as guilty for not divulging stuff. That's fine. Here's what I used to think. Well, I mean, we, it, we, you know, I know there's, <laughs> by, I know for sure that it's not, there's nothing to hide, really. I mean, it's, right. You know, back in the early days, like back when we were in the garage even, I I did used to get upset with brewers who didn't want to. Sure. And, you know, I was pretty new at this anyway, so I, I think I developed that opinion because brewers that I really respected gave us all the information. Yeah. You know, Vinny would come on and give us Those everything. Have, yeah, uh, and more to lose uh, would give us everything. And I, and I remember just going, well, if they do it, then <laughs> these other guys who don't, I remember thinking it was kind of douchey not to do it. Yeah. As the years have gone by, I think I've figured out that everyone does business differently. And if they feel like they're yeah. doing something and, and protecting that is important to them, you know, that's their prerogative. That is sure. their business. I, who am I to say you shouldn't do that? So I've stopped. I don't think I really call anybody out on the show yeah. about it if they don't answer. You know, I just go, all right, that's you. It's fine. Well, especially because everyone's worst fears panned out. Like, people really did take the techniques and really did start 4,000 more breweries. <laughs> right. and, uh, yeah. yeah, if, yeah. Breweries, if they want to be pissed at anything, be pissed at us. Yeah. I mean, because we're the ones who have been distributing this information yeah. for the last totally. 10 years. So Yeah, we don't want all the bitter tastes like Russian River. Jesus, that's horrible. Can you imagine what? What would be like? Oh my god! Beer tastes like the world be terrible. terrible world. We definitely don't get it as much as we used to. We get, we get that all the time when we first started. Yeah, oh, we can't yeah. say that. They would just avoid it. 
Yeah. Then we get the like uh, Chris Dunson, uh, Lost Coast. Yeah. He he couldn't tell us because his oh boss, his boss it, yes that's true. Sometimes we get a brewer who's yeah. not, who who has responsibility non disclosure yeah, yeah things like huh. that. You know what I might speak up about if we ever catch it happening is you know how brewers come on all the time and they they thank us for all the information over the years and, <laughs> and they became pros. If in the same interview they then also refuse to give information on the show, <laughs> then I might go. You know, don't you think it's kind of a dick move yeah. if you, you gave, if you time. gleaned information from all these brewers over the years, but you're now about to hold it back? Yeah. Wait, I, aren't we still talking about society? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Case in point. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Oh, well, when you put it that way, Dougie. <laughs> That's funny. I, I barely remembered that. I, I turned to Bebo and I was like, hey, do you remember this? And she was like, all I remember is Doug farting. And that's all yeah. I remember, too. Just From, the that's worst thing ever. He well, also and, can braid a beard. I remember that. Oh, he had right. a nice braid that he put in my beard. And Travis wasn't in studio, the brewer. He, he was only oh, here yeah. on the phone for a portion yeah, yeah, of it. Yeah. So I'm wondering if, yeah, they just didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> they just got yeah. Went on the offensive. I don't know. Well, anyhow, that, that's, those, are, those are our opinions. So there you go. Uh, all right, uh, I got to get through this. John writes in real quick about his local homebrew shop. I wanted to send a note to thank you guys. You rock. I work at Brock's Homebrew Supply in Melbourne, Florida, and I pass on your information to my customers daily. And I also direct them to your site and your podcast in order to make my job easier and more fun. Thanks for giving me the knowledge and confidence to excel in my job. You've changed my life. Keep up the work. Uh, thanks, John. Nice. You're welcome. Um, changed his life for the far worse, I'm sure. Oh, this one's kind of funny. Um, Hey, BN gang, just a quick and enthusiastic applause for the drum circle tangent that went down on last week's episode, uh, which was me. Um, I hate drum circles. You have to go back and listen. I'm a podcast listener and was in the middle of cellaring a tank when I heard your rant, and our lab guy was doing his labby thing when I doubled over with laughter. I saw the rather concerned and confused look on his face, which made me laugh even harder. harder because basically... F drum circles. But also, if I can add, F douchebag guys who show up at a house at house parties with guitars. No, it won't make my panties drop. No matter how good your rendition of whatever lame John Mayer song you try and pull out of your ass. Maybe you could make it a PSA for the week. Don't be that shitty couch musician that everybody embarrassingly nods and claps for. And F white people with dreads, too. I'd need a Xanax, though I really... Uh, if I let myself rant about that. Uh, cheers from one of your eight loyal female listeners. Oh. So there you go. Uh, heed the advice, drum circle idiots. Uh, here's another. Here's a good one um, about White Labs. Hi, Asshats and Bevo. Uh, I don't know if this piece of information has been shared, so I thought uh, that I could do it. A few months ago, a local homebrew shop here in Norway uh, received a shipment from White Labs that due to an error had been shipped warm. Uh, it was measured at 24 to 26 Celsius at arrival. Um, the homer shop, or uh, yeah, the homer shop wanted to dump the batch, but White Labs urged them to keep the yeast and have it tested at a lab. So here are the results, which are pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, this was from the new White Labs lab in Copenhagen. Um, White Labs 002 still had 98.6% viability, and it had like. Uh, I don't know how many million cells that is. A bunch of millions. Uh, that's uh, WLP 830, 98.8%. WLP 810, 98.8%. WLP 001, everyone's favorite Cal Ale, 99%. Um, and then a different batch of 001, 99.9% viability. 
then they sent it to, uh, I think it's <laughs> maybe pronounced Ringness, something like that, Norway's largest brewery, sent it to their lab, WLP001, 97.8% living cells, uh, 810, 97.2%, and WLP090, 92% living cells. So they did a new test on 001 after about two months, and that still showed 95.5% viable yeast in around um, 1,100 million cells. So what's that, 1.1 billion cells? Um, And he says, this was with the old vials, right? Not even the new packaging. So he goes on to think, uh, so I imagine the results would be even better with the new pure pitch. So... Uh, he thinks maybe, I guess, a lot of us have overpitched or made unnecessary, uh, unnecessarily large starters over the last few years. So suck it, Jamil. He's, uh, he <laughs> well, doesn't mean that. He also well, says he's just kidding. And keep a, up the good work. There's a big difference between viability and vitality. You can have live yeast cells that are unhealthy and kind of on their last leg and not doing very well. And you can have yeast that's ready to go and ferment some beer. Yeah, but with the with the percent amount of cells left in there after it being mishandled, and then the actual cell count, that's pretty badass. Oh yeah, not yeah. Done, not diminishing White Lab's quality in maintaining uh, no, living yeast yeah. at all. But yeah. there is a reason to still use a starter. A starter, yeah. I see. What would yeah. you What would you expect it to be? Fifty percent? Oh, and how, over uh, that long? That period, that period yeah. of time? Yeah. If I would have guessed, probably like it would. Might be ninety or something by then, but it was. Oh, but it's, it's like approaching much higher than I thought. Yeah. It was it's way at the really top of, of the scale still. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That was from. Uh, forgive me uh, for butchering your name, but Oivind is how I'm reading it in English. Um, Thanks for the information. Great. Yeah, good yeah. information. And the the I'm telling you, those viability counts are pretty sweet. So all right, and then lastly, uh, this is about lunch meat. Hey, brewcasters. There are actually listeners that haven't heard anything else that you guys do. I shared lunch meat with a coworker who then sent it around to a bunch of his buddies. As a result, it has now made the rounds at the Atlanta Police Department. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently they like right. it. <laughs> Long live the meat. Uh, hopefully enough is donated to at least repair the motorhome. We don't want y'all to die. Cheers from Jim. S- send the police department that Kickstarter link. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pass <laughs> the uh, ad around for that. Anything to donate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, lunch meat. I, th- I forget if our donation thing is over. 53 Man. hours left. 53 hours left. Yep. And we're, I we're think at... we're only like eight grand short. <laughs> uh, more than eight grand. Atlanta's Capiti's got that down in the evidence room right now. You're good. 86, 20, not, or 29 left. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, yeah. a lot of fans out there, that's, really. Yeah. That's 1300 more dollars than you had before. <laughs> yeah. Not when I send it all back to those listeners because we didn't meet our goal. Oh, you have to send it back with Indiegogo? Well, I don't have to, don't but paid. I'm not going to do more lunch meat shows if we don't meet our goal, so I don't feel right about taking anybody's money. Oh. You know, I just don't think it's like it's the right mm. thing to do. And I mean, apparently we have 12 people who have been making all the noise about lunch meat, so uh, well, sorry, Magic 12. You could take the 1400 and make more lunch meat. Who's counting those numbers? <laughs> no, actually, I can't. <laughs> I cannot take the fourteen. It is against every fiber in my body to take fourteen hundred dollars and do more lunch meat after doing how many episodes for free? Well, if forget minimum wage series, divide fourteen hundred by. I think we've done something like eighty shows. Well, you should stop living in the past, and you're you're almost to a a fifth. What if you just yeah. do one show? If you get to two grand, will you do one? I'll tell you what. That? I'm so disheartened by the lack of support in lunch meat. I'm thinking about quitting this show, too. This one too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sick of all of it. 
<laughs> well, the lunch meat hasn't even been free. It's it's cost you money. You've paid in. <laughs> right. That's right. It's, uh, at a lunch. Actually, this one has cost me money too. Totally. Yeah. All in all, you ought to go to the poker table because then at least there's a chance some will come back to you if you're just going to give money anyway. I'm like the only business owner in history who gets congratulated so much for the thing that has been created yeah. that hasn't made a fucking dime. It's the same thing. It's <laughs> the way my art works too. People are like, "Oh, you should sell this," and I'm like, "Oh, okay." To who? Great. Idea. Well, to the pu- not me, but like there are lots to of people others. out there. That, n- not me, not me, but lots of people. And breweries do it all the time too. They come. Oh, I would love to be a guest on your show. I'm fucking sure you would. Yeah, <laughs> because it's going to get downloaded a million times in 2015. That's why you want to be on the show for free. Your charity rivals Mother Teresa. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I think that we have listeners in Calcutta for sure. Yeah. Um. Jason Petros is on line one. I don't have time for Jason Petros. That's what I thought. Um, I'll talk to him at the break. He's on his honeymoon. We'll see if I have time for him. He's on a long line. But as of right now, I... They stand in line somewhere. I don't have time. Does he want to be on for free? (laughs) (laughs) Tell him we just had a new policy change. Right. This minute, actually. All right. I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, Jay Goodwin from the Rare Barrel will be on the line with us talking about his Great American Beer Festival wins. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. First Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can, featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. (laughs) 
Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like... Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer whether for yourself or as a gift when you subscribe or resubscribe from the brewing network homepage, you directly support programs like this get a great magazine and support the brewing network subscribe to brew your own right from the brewing network.com hey woolly i'm beat can we find a nice tree to just hang out in for a while you're beat I've been swinging through this forest for 50 years, ever since we... Ever since we first escaped from the circus. I know, I know, but there's got to be more to life than exploring this creek and trying to populate the valley by copulating with loose, hairy girls. Mark, we stop. Look! What is that? It looks like a man-made treehouse. With fresh food. And craft beer. Welcome to the Creek Monkey Tap House, boys. Grab a seat. Creek Monkeys drink free. <laughs> awesome! The Creek Monkey Tap House in Martinez, California, takes their mission of fresh food and beer seriously. They only serve locally raised beef and chicken, as well as local sustainable produce. It's better for you and the planet, and it just tastes better. The beer and wine at Creek Monkey Tap House are chosen with the same care for the highest quality and rotation. Rotate frequently to make each visit an adventure. Swing on into the Creek Monkey Tap House and enjoy a new legend of amazing food, beer, and wine. The Creek Monkey Tap House online at creekmonkey.com. Brewcasters are back. All right, welcome back to the program. Thanks for hanging out with us. It's our Great American Beer Festival show. Plus, we're going to be doing some news later on. We talked to Chuck Silva and Meg Gill, two of the biggest stories in uh, in craft beer right now. So, hang in there for that. I might have Jay Goodwin on the line right now. Jay, you with us, buddy? Uh, that might have been his voicemail, but he's ready. He just texted me, so try him again. Okay. <laughs> I wish I just left him a shitty voicemail. Uh, let's try again. Let's try Jay again. Was he on his way to the Giants game, huh? Yeah, Dodgers Giants. Yeah. Oh, it's not like we're on a schedule, Jay. <laughs> well, so is he. Seven fifteen game. <laughs> yeah. uh, he won on his birthday too, by the way. Oh man, what a day for him! Yeah, oh, yeah. two medals in one category, and uh, it was his birthday. Jay Goodwin <laughs> from the Rare Barrel. How are you, buddy? Uh, doing good. You guys are really interrupting me trying to get a buzz on at 21st Amendment right now, pre-gaming for the Giants game. But how's it going? That's the place to do it. They also did well at the Great American Beer Festival. I am drinking my second toaster pastry. Nice. Silver medalist. It, it, is, it lives up to that billing. It's great beer. Are they giving it to you in the tall boy cans there or on tap? It's actually, they're serving it in mugs made of silver. <laughs> That's appropriate. <laughs> well, they were. Yeah, I think they I'm going to pocket this mug. It must be worth all day. You should do that. What category was that? Red ale? Uh, American Something. Sour Ale. 
No, no, no maybe Imperial uh, Red. No, and du- du- double Red, I think. Yeah. Double Red. Okay. Oh, no. I, 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 only know, I only know one category, so I couldn't tell you. Yeah. But, yeah, You're one category red. kind of guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was the double well, Red yeah. category. Um, yeah, way to, way to pick one category and then just... It, that, that only works <laughs> if you can really kill one category. It, you really sound like an idiot unless you win... Two medals in one in game. one and then category. Like, okay, well, all right, fine. Jay, did you enter twenty-seven beers in the one category? <laughs> well, no, they 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 limit it now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it is our it's it's sort of like our bread and butter category. We we tried in previous years to enter other categories, but you know, really, we make we're an American brewery making sour beer, so we're going to enter American sour. But uh, it was a it was a big thrill to walk up on stage and grab a couple medals and it's also pretty cool that our friends over at perennial uh dethroned us for the gold that was an awesome moment we took a nice picture afterwards with uh with all of us together so nice we kept it in the family that's a great flight of beers right there so it was the style american style sour ale for those of you at home and just to give you a little rundown you can go watch this over on our live stream page we had the whole award ceremony there um but to give you a little rundown you know they they just they give the bronze then the silver and then the gold and and the and the bronze comes up and it's our boys at the rare barrel for apropos of nothing um then the silver comes up and they kind of just run through it they don't wait for you to go accept your award because it would take too long so as the boys from the Rare Barrel are celebrating their bronze and they're on their way down, they announce the silver medal, which goes to the Rare Barrel for Ensorcelled. Did you do an about face uh, to go right back up? <laughs> well, they weren't even there yet. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You're like wandering down. They don't wait for you to... Oh. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a separate step to go up and get your So they're on their way down for the bronze and the silver gets announced. So now... And now... The whole room is like like you uh, hear the you murmur, hear murmur, the murmur, gasp right. and the murmur, uh, uh, you know, waiting for for the gold, uh, and then um, perennial wins the gold, which is everybody a, a, would have stood up though, wouldn't they? Oh you man, stand, wouldn't they? Oh. I I feel like we would have rushed the stage. Yeah, Jay. yeah. Obviously, it was a huge disappointment. Yeah, seriously. So, all yeah, right. It, it, yeah, it was hard to realize, like. We were so excited to win the bronze that we, yeah, we all just shot up and got really excited. And then uh, the silver came up, and uh, I didn't even know that we had won. Someone had like tapped me on the shoulder and tell me. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, we we, were, we had to like stop celebrating because we did have <laughs> more beer in the category. It was like, oh, wait, whoa, 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 what's going on here? Right. Uh, but yeah, no, I'll. Uh, I'll I'll take uh, I'll take two medals all day for sure. Oh, you kidding? Yeah, Look. the perennial people are great people too. So and good, good beer. Yeah, well, awesome beer. Awesome. Two medals in separate categories is amazing. Um, two medals in the same category is off the charts. It's very cool. So tell us again about the beers. I know we've talked about these two beers in the shows in the past, but that's okay. We got new listeners all the time. Uh, the bronze medal, apropos of nothing. Uh, describe this beer to us. What is it? That was a fun beer that uh, uh, our co-founder, other co-founder, Alex Walsh, and I uh, we sort of blended just very quickly. We we just decided, okay, we have this, uh, this base beer that we really like. We have all these uh, spice and fruit tinctures going. And I kind of just pulled Alex out of the office and said, hey, let's blend a beer. And um, we used some of the ingredients that we hadn't used before, like uh, elderberry, and lavender, which are kind of not ingredients you think would go together or maybe I've even heard of in beer. Um, 
and they just really went, they really clicked and went together. And uh, the whole thing, to, the whole process of blending that beer was a little apropos of nothing, which is why we called it that. It was just, hey, let's just do this. And uh, threw it together, and it really worked out. We, that's a beer we love, how, how it turned out. It's got this explosive floral and fruity aroma, so we were happy to see that win. And then uh, Ensorcelled, the silver medal, um, is a beer that we've uh, we've won for before, actually, which is a big thrill. Uh, it's a dark, sour beer with raspberries. And I, I, why I love that beer is because there's, like, just a touch of roast. Not a whole lot, because I don't think it's a lot of roast in a sour beer, but just that touch of roast kind of balances out the sourness in the raspberry. It almost mimics, you know, when you eat a raspberry, you get, like, that seed, and it's kind of mm-hmm. like astringent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just that touch reminds you of that tea to me. And that's that's why I really fell in love with that beer. It's just a raspberry experience, like, not not really a lot of other beers. You wouldn't expect, uh, you know, red fruit going into a very dark. I mean, it's like a black beer. So that yeah. beer's a lot of fun, and uh, it's been maybe our most popular one so far. What is the roasted malt, assuming it's roasted malt, that you get that roast flavor from? Yeah, we use black malt, um, so I think that three or four hundred level bond, but um, it's at a really low level, so like single digits percentage, um, not a whole lot, and it's balanced by oats and wheat and spelt uh, stuff we use in a lot of our other beers. So, okay. um, really smooth mouthfeel, but it's just yeah, that touch of roast. <laughs> like, yeah, I got actually, I actually have a. Uh... A beer making question. Can I ask it? Uh, um, That's obviously a roast, a, a beer with a, a base beer with roast in it's going to be a lower pH. Does that pH lower pH carry through into the uh, finished beer in your case? Uh, yeah, I mean it, the the starting the starting pH is the same as our other beers, it but uh, okay. I, I'd say the main pH drop obviously comes from the lactic acid bacteria. But certainly, it, it does make a difference, and you know, I we, we don't we haven't been open for that long. For those who don't know, we're only about a two-year-old brewery, right. and so I'm I'm interested to see if you know our dark sour beers age better than our lighter sour beers because that's kind of the reputation of dark beers in general. Yeah, um, we're stable. So you combine low pH plus you know a dark malt maybe those beers age a lot better, but. Yeah. So far, you know, just being two years old, our, all of our beers, I think, taste pretty good no. uh, at two years old or less. But I'm, I'm especially interested to see how this one ages. Mm-hmm. Now, is, correct me if I'm wrong, was it in Sourceland one of the first beers you put out? It was, yeah. We uh-huh. kind of had, like, an original four oh. uh, of beers. And, uh, yeah, it was one of our very first beers. <laughs> and that was uh, – it's good to get that, uh, that good feedback. We ended that beer – a little less than a year that it's been, it was blended uh, at World Beer Cup, and nice. it won the and it won the gold for American Sour. That was a big thrill for us. Yeah, yeah. that's my favorite. A thrill for me was getting to drink a bunch of it on Saturday night. You still had some there. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It was great, man. We're all drinking that beer. Yeah, and they had just lines yeah. around the around the room. Them yeah. and uh, and Wicked Weed. Wicked yeah. Weed had two lines going to their booth. Both of them wrapping around the festival hall. <laughs> Yeah, wow. how, how did I've your, never, never heard of that brewery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How did your uh, supply do? Oh, you must have. What's run. that? You how, ran out of beer, right? Your supply, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We ran out pretty fast. It's it's hard for us to send enough beer, you know, sour beer 
is, is in limited supply. So we try and send as much as possible. But yeah, yeah, we had. I mean, we had a pretty substantial line the whole time. I thank you to anyone who's listening who uh, came out for the festival and stood in line. And I just hope that you know, as you you know, as you stand in line, I think expectations for the beer you're going to get at the end of that line are raised. So hopefully <laughs> yeah. we uh, we at least put out a decent beer at the end of that long line. Now, was the batch uh, of either one of these, uh, but in Sorcelled, you know, you said you've won for that before. Was was the bottle that you sent in for the competition from the same batch that you won with before? Uh, it was. That's yeah. a good question, Justin. Well, because um, I just, yeah, about so, aging, right? So it's been aging since then, too. Wow. Yeah, this is the older batch of in Sorcelled that, that, that won. Um, I just feel like it was the better... Um, representation of kind of what the category was looking for. I really like the new batch of Ensorcelled. I think it's, there's a lot of great things about it. Um, but we just decided to go with the old one, the one that uh, had one before. So so do you just have a, a total of two batches of Ensorcelled and, and you sat with those two and, and then just, you know, picked the one you thought was the best or would do the yeah, best? Pretty much. That matter? Yeah, pretty Yeah, that was it. And then we're actually in the process right now of making a third batch. So nice. we're going to try and learn learn things from, you know, how we made the first one, how we're, how we made the second one, and uh, just kind of go from there. So hopefully it just keeps getting better and better. Okay. And how about apropos of nothing? Was there only one batch of that to choose from? Yeah, there's only there was only one batch of that. That was one of our uh, club beers, our ambassador at Sour Club, which quick, quick same with up. There's some traffic out here. Quick Shameless Floods, our club uh, is going on sale for new members uh, October 1st. Oh, good. At 9 a.m. Pacific. Um, so that was that was one of our club beers, and we've actually done really well with with our club beers in competition. So uh, I guess what we try to do with the club beers uh, is kind of pick unique things, things that we really love, things that we think our club members are going to love too. And they just happen to be the same things we enter in a competition, and they seem to do really well. So hopefully some people out there listening will uh, be able to experience some of the rare barrel beer through that. And what do you, what do you, you get, like a case a year or even more than that, I thought, with the club? What's the deal? Well, the base is you get 10 bottles of beer, um, all sour beers. That's all we make. Um, and then I think what, what a lot of people love about the club is that you get access to kind of like the first right to even more beer. So... If you want our sour beer, you can pretty much get as much as we're possible to give, you know, one person. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll get a growler and growler fills and all sorts of other benefits like a discount. People for, A lot of people from out of state get this, and then they get a, a trustee from California to pick it up for them. So okay. that's been kind of fun to, uh, you know, we like we go out to Denver and talk to people, and they're from Maine or Florida or Nebraska, and they're like, oh, yeah, I've had bunch of your bottles of beer, and I've been in the club for two years. That's pretty cool, you know? That, that is cool. People who don't live in Berkeley can try our beer as well. That's fun, definitely. Well, look, congratulations, and on your birthday. And I think I heard, aren't you only like 19 or something? He's, <laughs> Jay is really young. How old are you, Jay? 18, barley legal. Barley. <laughs> Just barley legal. You, you're like 25 or something, right? No. I turned... 30 years old a couple days ago. 30, all right. Old 30. man. I thought it was something. Is it Alex that's 18? One of you is really young. Uh, 30. Uh, he's, his 30 is coming up soon. Actually, we celebrated his last birthday at uh, 
see and winter brews. And okay, uh, we're yeah. sad that it just, the timing doesn't line up this year because we were pretty drunk at that festival <laughs> last year. <laughs> nice. So were we. You, uh, know, you know what's happened, Jay, is you've become so old that 30 now sticks in your memory as super young. So you're like, <laughs> what did what you say is. you were, 19? Yeah. Like, oh, um, you're just, oh, you have so many years ahead of you, Jay. <laughs> yeah. At so, least um, eight. The Rare Barrel guys and, great. and the Wicked Wee guys had a... Uh, Oh, a, a cornhole tournament. I want to know who won. Oh, who won cornhole? Oh, you guys know the answer to that already. Come oh, on. Yeah, we, we, we can kick you. their ass. Come out the king, you better not miss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I went by the Red Barrel the week before GABF, and they had a cornhole set up in the brewery practicing, practicing. for GABF. That's important stuff. <laughs> yeah, we took them down three games to two. And uh, actually, on the line was... Uh, we're going to do a collaboration with those guys, and uh, this game decided who was going to pay to fly the other brewery out to their brewery. Oh, so, nice. Next stop, Asheville. Nice yeah. work. Awesome. All right. Yeah, I actually yeah. did. I heard that you guys won, so that's nice. Um, well, happy birthday. Congratulations. I know you got a baseball game to go to, but we just were so stoked about you guys winning. We wanted to talk to you, dude. Yeah, thanks, guys. Love you guys, and uh, I'll see you all soon. Let's grab some beer. All right, cheers. Have fun. Later, Jay. Later. Uh, That's just cool. You know, what a win. Two medals. Yeah. Category. Too bad he's 30. (laughs) Too bad he's going to die soon. Clock's ticking. (laughs) I've only got a couple months left. Better get married and pop out those babies soon. (laughs) That's what I've been hearing since 30-ish. 35, maybe. Don't tell my wife. Uh, all right. Fun to talk to Jay. Good to see. Uh, California, by the way, did, did great, uh, as they usually do. Yeah. But we've had an off year here and there. And uh, this year, California was back in, in full yeah, force. Yeah, it's more than the other state. Yeah. yeah, just really killed it. And then to see some of our locals like that do so well. Washington did pretty well this year, uh, seemed like. Oh, oh yeah. Colorado was second. But yeah, Washington. Oh, yeah. yeah. And a lot of people who have been on the show, of course. Uh, some of the smaller breweries, in fact, that have been on the show. I always like seeing them uh, go up there. And, and if you come up yeah. to me, and uh, and we get this all the time, thanks for all you've done for brewing and, and helping me and all that stuff. And they got a medal, and they're going. They're like saying explicitly, "Oh yeah, we 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 owe this to you or something like." That. I go like, "Really?" Well, and I've That's told you to... that makes me cry every it does. time. It does. Uh, like, oh. Funkworks did that to me a few years back, and they had one like medium sized brewery or something. Yeah. I always tell the story, but uh, I saw I did a panel with um, a Saison panel this year. In fact, you can mm-hmm. go find this on our live stream page as well. We do panels all week long at the Great American Beer Festival that the Bradley over at the Brewers Association puts together. And then we're just there to uh, – sometimes I moderate, and sometimes we just produce them and make sure you can watch and check it out. Well, there was one particular panel that Gordon Shuck uh, over at Funkworks, which, oh, is, yeah. which is there in Colorado, he put it together about uh, Saison's. Well, the panel was um, <laughs> Firestone Walker, Wicked Weed, Funkworks – um, God, I always I keep screwing this up. But it, there was five different amazing. Oh, uh, Trinity Brewing was on there. So Jason Yester was on the panel, and um, oh, forgive me. There's one more, but go check it out because Allagash. Uh, thank you. Uh, of oh. course, Jason Perkins from Allagash. Sorry, Jason. It was a long week, and the brain's just coming back to life. Um, but it was the best flight of beers, like all in one. Oh, okay. So a flight. 
that I've ever had. And I don't even like Saison. Yeah, didn't but, expect uh, it. <laughs> it, I'm telling you, it was the best flight of beers I've ever had. Oh, they oh, were just yeah. all stellar beers. And then to hear it, it, the cool thing about it was that they they were all such a different take. Not one of them was was like the other. And we started at one end, and they were sort of more traditional Saisons, like French Saison. By the time we got to Jason Yester and Wicked Weed, they were more sour and some Britannomyces and stuff like that. So it just went from like, wow, this is an amazing Saison to holy shit, this Saison is <laughs> like, it just, it kind of blew my mind. Right. Um, so all good brews. You can go check that out and, a, and an all-star cast. And then the Opal that we tried from Firestone is one of the beers that won Sorry, Opal, yeah. for, for Firestone. Yeah, exactly. Uh, real works. So Firestone, of course, won, what are they? Mid-size brewery. Mid-size, now? Yeah. Um, yeah, brewery, brewery. I think they've won this like five times. This time. Uh, is that right? Yeah. Um, so that was really cool to see. Very good. All right, so we'll talk about some more winners when we come back, and we're going to be talking to Paul Sangster from Rip Current out of San Diego. I know that they're proud of him down there in Southern California. He won very small brew pub of the year, I think. Uh, I'll double check. Yeah, that. mm-hmm. that's what it is. Yep. Paul, when we come back, hang in there. It's the session. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Dude, you know what beer this is? Oh, uh, no, all the labels are falling off. Yeah, or the ink is run. Well, if it's the pale ale, you're good, but stay away from the quote-unquote Belgian. Oh, man, this guy needs to get some grog tags. Grog tags are reusable, write-on, wipe-off, commercial-grade bottle labels for your brew. The guys at Grog Tag are homebrewers. They wanted great-looking, sturdy labels for your bottles, buckets, carboys, kegs, and growlers. They also wanted a label that not only looks good, but can be easily removed and reapplied during bottling without that nasty glue residue being left behind. No residue, water resistant, and ice chest approved. Grog tags stay on in water or an ice chest, and they stay legible. Visit grogtag.com to customize your label or coaster from dozens of different templates for free and see how awesome your bottles can look. Ugh, it's that pseudo-Belgian. Yeah, we're getting him some grog tags, dude. Grog tag. At least your beer will look good. Grogtag.com. For nearly 40 years, one organization has had your back. The American Homebrewers Association. Are you a member? (laughs) Why not? Join the more than 40,000 brewers who enjoy all the American Homebrewers Association has to offer. Like Zymergy Magazine, in print and online, plus the Zymergy app. Zymergy is the leading publication for amateur brewers around the world. Supporters also get member deals at their local breweries, bars, and homebrew shops. These alone quickly pay for your membership. You'll also get great member-only resources at homebrewersassociation.org and access to AHA events like the National Homebrewers Conference and the National Homebrew Competition. The American Homebrewers Association promotes the hobby of homebrewing, protects the interests of homebrewers, and brings beer lovers to together become a member today it costs less than a batch of beer and gives back so much more visit homebrewersassociation.org 
Three-time Ninkasi Award winner and Grandmaster Judge Gordon Strong invites you on a guided journey of what's new in the world of homebrewing. Modern homebrew recipes, exploring styles, and contemporary techniques available now from Brewers Publications. Gordon brings you specific advice and sensory profiles for as-brewed, award-winning beers with delicious variations to get your creative juices flowing. This is more than just a book of recipes. It sets brewers on the path to discovering what's new in the world of homebrewing. AHA director Gary Glass says if you want to enter competitions or just learn more about styles that you might not have experience with, this book is going to help you tremendously. By emulating what Gordon does, you're going to make better beer. Modern Homebrew Recipes, Exploring Styles and Contemporary Techniques by Gordon Strong. Available right now from BrewersPublications.com and find brewing retailers near you. That's it. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special Secret Elite. Elite Bare Bones Club, where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit. NicoBrew.com. N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W. NicoBrew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. to the program. Thanks for sticking with us for our Great American Beer Festival 2015 show. We can't talk to everybody of course, but we're talking to some of our favorites people who we've uh, been watching over the years and friends and people we're fans of and uh, Paul Sangster from Rip Current uh, fits that description. Hey Paul, welcome to the show man. Hey, thanks for having me on. No worries. Hey, we love winners. That's right. (laughs) Paul, you killed it down there this year, man. Uh, We're so proud of the brewers. They just uh, just did a great job and we're just really excited we won anything. (laughs) <laughs> so i'm not sure that the list i have is complete i'm using the gabf site uh, it should be complete but you won a gold medal for uh, in the bach category right for breakline bach that's right that was the first medal for us first one you got well, okay you you won a for bach as a home brewer too didn't you yeah when oh. i was uh, when i did got nikasi a, a bunch of years back the first medal i got there was a bach it was an ice bach nice there you go, oh, nice. There you go. This and, one was a traditional Bach, though. Traditional Bach. Okay. And then you won uh, in Scotch Ale with Black Lagoon Scottish Strong. That's right. And that's one of my old home brews. It's almost exactly the same beer. I so think it, I... It translates. That was a big beer for him, too. Didn't that win you a bunch of awards? Yeah. Uh, it did. The, uh, the one that Cal- California people would know is it won the California State Fair Best of Show. Oh, yeah. You get the beautiful trophy with uh, the gold bear on it. Oh, yeah. 
I think it still sits on my desk. People <laughs> joke about it all nice. the time. When was that? Is that 2010? 20, I think it was 2011. Uh, I'm not totally sure. I think it was 2011. Look at that. And it's only been four years. I mean, really, yeah. it's such short periods of time. Are you going to come out with any new beers or just keep brewing the old homebrew recipes? Oh, no. We can't, we're not smart enough to come up with new beers. <laughs> hey, stick with what you know. Yeah, actually. It's I working. Just, look at Jay Goodwin. Well, I've yeah. been to the tasting room there. They're all really good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think you're smart enough to not come up with any new beers is what, <laughs> is what seems to be happening. Yeah. Uh, now, the, and then what ended up, the, the result of this is that you ended up winning, um, I guess it's very small brew pub and, and brewer of the year, right? Hey, you were supposed to research that when you went offline. I know. <laughs> what happened? Is it brewery or brew pub? That's what I always get confused about. It's brewery. It's brewery. Okay. Yeah. Brewery. I get confused because I was at, I thought it was your brew pub. What was I at when I was in San Diego? That's not. It looks, it def- definitely seems like a brew pub, but it's actually a tasting room with a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's no, no brewery inside. Wait, so what's the, the brewery is actually uh, in San Marcos. Oh, okay. That's where I That's get the confused. Difference. Got it. Yeah. So very small brewery. I, I love how they keep adding categories to it. Next year, it'll be very, very tiny brewery. Yeah. Of the, <laughs> which minuscule brew pub. Right. I also feel like they, you know, for your sake, Paul, they could come up with more clever names than like very <laughs> small. It's insulting. It's, it's, it's just belittling. Teeny weeny. What do you want to say? <laughs> and the it's gold been... medal for brewery no one's ever heard of goes to Rip Current. All right. So is that well, smaller because... than macro or micro? What is... Yeah, it's less than a thousand barrels. I think is what they said. Oh, but okay. We've been Which fielding is... lots of jokes about the very small. Believe me. Oh, you have. <laughs> Wait a minute. Already. <laughs> Well, the vast majority of the members of the BA are, are uh, under 400 barrels. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Is that right? Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That sounds like nano brewers. More than to half. Me. Wow. Under 400 a year. Okay. So, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, it's maybe 75%, but I'm just saying it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Now, Paul, have you won at the JABF before? No, first time. And wow. we were just ultra stoked. That's so and cool. we were sober, which is really unusual. Usually we're completely wrecked for the award ceremony. Well, that's why they do the award ceremony at 10 a.m. now. Yeah. Uh, well, that doesn't always help. So I was wrecked last year and it was 10 a.m. Oh, yeah, maybe maybe you did win in previous years, but you were just you were faced down in some gutter somewhere and the right. stage was empty. Good point. I didn't think about that. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the beer so that we can learn. Let's start with the silver medal winning Black Lagoon Scottish Strong, which is uh, you put in as a Scotch ale. Yeah, it's um, it's ten percent. Um, it uh, I like a nice dark caramel kind of flavor to it to be the dominant flavor, and then try to mask uh, the high alcohol. Uh, bitterness is low, of course, because in Scotland, you know, hops are rare, so traditionally their beers are all low in IBUs. Um, the interesting thing, and, and, this, and Jamil talks about this in his book too, is there's two cool ways to make this beer style. One is to hard boil the. Um, you know, when I was a home brewer, I would hard boil the first three gallons, maybe add a little bit of an acid to it to try to get some caramelization you know, by lowering the pH. Um, and then I get the caramel flavor that way. But as a pro brewer, we actually um, spent a lot of money to buy a boiler, even though we're a little dinky 15 barrel. So I really can't um, easily hard boil, you know, a very small part of work. So we had to uh, make an adjustment to add in crystal 120, 77, and 45 to kind of pick up a little bit more of that caramel flavor and, and do it with malts instead of the hard boil. So that, that was the big change. Besides that, I think it almost tastes exactly the same as the homebrew. Uh, I didn't really mess, any, mess with the recipe at all. Very and, good. How, how, how old was the beer that they judged? Ah, good question. Um, we probably made it about six months ago, mm-hmm. and it, it was a batch that we really, really liked. Yeah. But um, we actually didn't have room to put it on tap because all 20 of our taps were taken. Hmm. With so other it aged beers. a little bit more, uh-huh. Yeah, so it got aged, and it certainly, um, you know, that improves that beer style for sure. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I thought maybe if you could, you could get some older. Well, save some of that for next year and check on it. You can maybe enter it again. Uh, yeah, ironically, so uh, we've entered World Beer Cup once and GABF once before uh-huh. this. And this beer made the final tables both times. Okay. But wow, this was nice. the best batch, so yeah. we were really happy that it got through. Yeah. But we will definitely save bottles for, for uh, future competitions. Excellent. Yeah, success builds on success. That's great. Yeah. Well, how long do you typically wait on this beer if six months is long? Yeah, you let it – to me, I, I'm a big palate guy. You know, you taste it and see what it needs. This particular beer, I would have been fine releasing after a month for sure. Wow. Oh, wow. Previous batches, I, I would have said two or three months. So you don't have to wait that long. You just want the, the flavors to meld a little bit and the high, higher alcohols to kind of oxidize a little bit yeah. um, and astrify. What's the ABV on this one? It's 10%. Okay, so pretty up there. So the goal was just get the judges drunk is what you did. Exactly. That's what everybody's trying to do. <laughs> yeah. it's, hard, it's hard not to in that category. Yeah, a couple ounces, and they're feeling great. <laughs> I'm sure they're not complaining. But I used to work behind the scenes of the competition. I used to see all the beers these guys had to drink, and it's not an enviable task. It's actually a lot of work, but no, they're pretty happy when they come out. I feel the same, that it's not an enviable task. I, I, yeah. not, that uh, I, not that I would be asked, but I, I wouldn't do it. I don't want to do it. I could judge beer for an hour, but not for like you know, three it, hours in the morning, three hours in the afternoon. Forget for, it. For three days. Yeah. yeah. Day after day. Could, no. could, could you do it in shifts? Has anyone ever proposed that to prevent fatigue like that? Well, they they do sort of. They have breaks and everything, and the, and it's a two part day, right? Yeah. And you only do what is it, Paul? Do you know like two categories a day as a judge? I think. Yeah. So uh, it, the way it works is there's usually two or three flights in the morning and two or three after after lunch, and it's all the all the same judges ju- judge every day. That's the only way they will accept you is if you judge every session. Wow. Yeah. But yeah. you're drinking different things, so the powers that be kind of figure, well, if you're doing a flight of barley wine, maybe we'll give you pale ales or something after that, you know, to kind of ease you, ease right. you through your day. <laughs> right. And I've known people, I, I don't remember Sully or, or, or uh, Whitey or something, who have had barley wine at, you know, eight in the morning, like first thing in the morning. They've told oh, me the yeah. night before, hey, I'm going in for barley wine at eight in the morning. I got to go to bed. I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah. And I just thought, well, that's just kind of cruel. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. move it to the afternoon. Right. I don't know. Jamel's had some rough schedules like that where he just gets massive beers all day. And even they stepped him down to like double IPA or something in the afternoon. So he went from like 12 down to all the way down to eight right. or something like that. Not really. But I prefer reprieve. when they do that to Jamil because then when I see him in the session, he is a lot nicer. <laughs> yeah. He is, yeah, he smiles. It's so yeah. much more fun by that time. But it's cool that those judges do all that. They really sacrifice. No, they work they, hard. The, they could be having a lot more fun in Denver, than, and, and, uh, but they're doing that. That's great. Well, clearly they know what they're doing because yeah. our friend Paul won. There you go. So, right. Um, but you got to give props to the guys who are the stewards, too, not just yeah. because they're doing hard work, but um, because when a, a flight of barley wines go out on your table while the judges are judging them, you're drinking them at, back at the steward table. Oh, you, right. You have to know, right? You have to know what they taste like. Yeah. yeah. They have to walk out with a tray full of cups <laughs> or glasses later, and they're able to do it. So, <laughs> Amazing. Amazing props, yes. What is the magic yeast for a scotch ale of this kind? Uh, interesting question. I, I take it back. That, that's something I did change. Uh, I used to use Edinburgh Ale Yeast uh, from White Labs. Mm-hmm. Um, and for this batch, we actually switched it to London Ale Yeast. Okay. And I'm a really big fan of London Ale Yeast for most styles um, that aren't don't have to be super dry to finish. You just have a nice malty character. So I'm a really big fan of that. Definitely yeah. prefer it over 002. We experimented with that a lot at the brewery, and yeah. the results are much better with London Ale. Okay. Got it. For us. A lot of people don't swear by that. They like dry English and other 
other white lads yeast, but for us, this one totally works. Was the main difference just attenuation, or did you notice a significant ester profile change? Yeah, I can tell a difference in the ester profile for sure. The attenuation is is a little bit less, although um, because but the yeast had done a, a good job. They attenuated out all the sugars that we needed to. White labs, uh, white labs, they make so many great yeasts. Of course, they're in, in San Diego with us, so we use them exclusively. But OO2 kind of kept petering out on us, so we. Uh, we made the switch, and we've just been really happy ever since. Interesting thing that you mentioned, the Edinburgh, that's always my favorite yeast when I go to the White Labs tasting room, and they have these flights, and mm-hmm. they'll use it mm-hmm. in, you know, they'll use different yeasts in beers that you wouldn't think they're supposed to be in, IPAs and things like that. And whenever Edinburgh is in a flight, it's my favorite one every time. Who would have thought so English that. yeast in an IPA? <laughs> that's really weird, Justin. Yeah, it works. <laughs> yeah. Believe it or not, those Brits knew. Crazy Brits. Uh, the West Coast people, they didn't know. <laughs> no, it's not those the Brits. Brits that knew. Um, hey, what other Brits? Paul, before we talk about the Bach, I know he's on a schedule, so I wonder if you'd mind oh. we also get Matt Brinelson on the line with us to talk about his uh, winning, too. You cool. that? He's calling in from a beer dinner right now, and I, I asked him to. So if you don't mind, we're just going to bring him right in here. Hey, Matt, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. We're doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. We're also talking to Paul Sangster, who won a very small uh, brewery of the year from Rip Current. Hey, man. Congratulations. It's awesome. Thanks. It was nice talking to you after, after that behind the booth. Yeah. Yeah. So Matt, I know. Back home, Do you remember? I'm surprised. Yeah, any, I remember. I'm surprised <laughs> any of you remember anything. Yeah. Matt does not remember for one second. <laughs> I hung around Matt a little bit. He he knows. He was he was pretty good shape. Actually, he does. Yeah, I probably was the most sober brewer in that room. I got you were, right on. You had a flight that day. Yeah. Oh, you did yeah. on Saturday. Oh no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So I know you're at a, a beer dinner tonight. I just had reached out to you earlier because we wanted to congratulate you and get you to talk about some of the beers that won this year, too. Back to Mid-Sized Brewery of the Year again, man. Congrats. Oh, yeah. We were <laughs> more than stoked. That's pretty awesome. Five times. Yeah. And, wow. And for one of that, the beers. Actually, 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 six. I don't mean to correct you. Oh, it's six. Oh, wow. wow. In a row? No, they skipped no, a year. No, 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 no. There was there was one for Slow Brew in two thousand one. Oh, one for Nectar Ales Brew a couple years later, and then four for Firestone. Now, got it. Okay, nice. well done. So, is there is there a big range then for for what they consider to be mid size that you've stayed in it the whole time? Yeah. Oh, uh, I think it's always been fifteen thousand barrels to what now, like two million or some some ridiculous thing. It's a huge range. Uh, yeah. Got it. Now, I know that one of the beers you won for is uh, probably near and dear to David Walker's heart. You won for uh, your flagship double barrel ale this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah and that, that always feels good when the, you know, the original beer continues to, to uh, pull some metals. That was, yeah, it was cool. It was really cool. That is a lot of fun. And then, so you won for, I was trying to think about it because we tasted it on a panel, too, but you won for Opal. Uh, sour opal, sorry. actually. So two beers from Barrel Works, uh, one, and so Jim Crooks uh, broke his cherry at GABF for Barrel Works. It was pretty cool. Now, how does that work in the point system? Does Barrel Works count as a Firestone Walker Brewery point? Right? No, it does not. No, so no. totally those, separate. Those beers were entered separately. Got it. And. Um, but we were really fired up. I mean, that that actually is as cool as anything that uh. you know the, the judges like those beers. It's been about a three-year project now, and pretty happy with the beers. It's always difficult to pick the 
um, categories, especially in these Belgian style slash wild ale categories. It's difficult for placement, but um, I think it, Feral One also won, and that was really cool because that was the first, very first beer that was ever released out of Feral Works. And that's a great beer. We've yeah, had that here at the Hop beer. Grenade, too. Good stuff. What about Pivo? That didn't get overlooked, did it? Uh, no, it won. No, it didn't. Yeah. Uh, it, it only won gold. Oh, that's yeah. it? So. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> overlooked, yeah. <laughs> but uh, other than that, yeah. it did great. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I thought it was cool, because I know he's a friend of yours and you guys brew together, but I thought it was cool that your Pilsner won in the German-style Pilsner category, and then Russian River's Pilsner won in the, was it uh, just Bohemian Pilsner? Whatever it was Wickle. Um, Wickle beer. Wickle beer. Yeah. Yeah. Killer Weiss or something. And... Um, I think, I think what was really funny there was um, as Vinny got off the stage, I congratulated him, and he said, well, I don't want your sloppy seconds. So I <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Last yeah. year, he, he, yeah, yeah. Good call. So now are you going to enter Pivo uh, pre-filtration yeah. as his Wickle beer next year, too? Just to uh, no, I told him, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take Germany, they can take France, and <laughs> we'll be happy all along. <laughs> I like it. Everybody likes that. Now, Paul, I'm curious if we're going to see any uh, sour beers come out of Rip Current. Yeah, we're actually planning to brew some sours this year. We're going to do some barrel-aged, and then we're going to screw around with, uh, you know, kind of, uh, well, kettle sours. Probably do that first just to get something out, and we have some barrels set aside. Okay. And how about lagers? Do you guys do lagers down there? Uh, the box that won is a locker. Oh, of course. The box. Wow, my beer knowledge is terrible yeah. today. Well, you did switch screens on your Explorer. Yeah, so. that's true. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, all right. Well, Matt, I know you're busy down there. We wanted to say congrats. And uh, Hammersmith IPA also won, English-style IPA. Yep. That's the first IPA we formulated back in 2000, but we only make it for the tap rooms right now. Um <laughs> But uh, it's all of our regulars' favorite. I think uh, in the in the future we should just uh, cover categories in which they didn't win to save time. <laughs> yeah, oh. that Firezone didn't win. Uh, hey, Matt, uh, just one more thing. Did you see where uh, Chuck's uh, looking to do something down in the uh, San Luis Obispo area? I did see that. Yeah. That's really uh, that's really interesting. Another cool. bud to hang with. <laughs> We welcome him to the neighborhood. I'm sure you do. <laughs> what do you mean by Bud? We're gonna we're gonna talk to Chuck tonight about that too, and see maybe we can get some scoop on that brewery. Um, one more question, Matt. I'm not sure if you can answer it, but uh, are you still allowed to? Will you be allowed to enter as Firestone Walker Brewery under these same categories and as a mid-sized brewery next year with whatever partnership has happened with uh, Duval? Yeah, I, I really don't know the answer to that question. I believe so. Um, although I heard some rumorings that ABI could only enter so many beers because they have so many breweries in the family. So I, I okay. honestly don't know the answer to that question. But uh, All right. Yeah. I thought I'd check because I'll be bummed if I can't, you know, I won't be cheering you on anymore. I'm like, well, uh, who, who am I going to be a fanboy of now? I'll have to figure it out. Well, you know, as long as we bring Grandpa along, I think we'll continue to do well. I love that guy. Let us enter one, one beer, that's fine. He'll still show up. Serious. I like that. They can't say no to Grandpa, dude. He's too cool. No. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Congrats, man. Go back to dinner. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Later. All right. Okay, Paul, now I want to talk about uh, the gold medal winning beer, if we can do that. Tell us sure. about that one. Well, it's a lager. Um, <laughs> Hold on, Justin's writing. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you guys do lagers. 
Love He's it. got further questions on that. Yeah. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the bottom fermenting one, right? Yeah, that would be the one. So we decided um, this past year to to make a sequence. We do little beers and sequences. It's pretty much just we're using the same yeast. So we bought some German Bach yeast from White Labs, and uh, and then we made a, a Helles, a Munich Dunkel, a Bach, and then a smoked Doppelbach that was our pro am entry nice. with a, you know, of course with a local humber. Um, and the traditional Bach, you know, came out really nice, and we thought, hey, this one might have a shot. So we sent it in. Um, it's kind of an interesting recipe. It has a lot of different grains in it, trying to give it some malt complexity. Uh, and then just for me, I, I, I'm a big fan of when there's a big chocolate note in a Bach. Not a big chocolate note, but so we use 1% chocolate malt. English, sorry, sorry all the, the German folks out there. We did use English chocolate malt. Um, and so it has a nice, pleasant, um, you know, complex malt flavor, dark breads, chocolate, um, just a hint of like a slight caramel note in it. Uh, not so that it really stands out, but just kind of makes the, the sweetness profile of the profile kind of more complex. And uh, yeah, we brewed it up, and fortunately it, it, uh, it lagered okay. It took a little while to clear. Um, that's one of the things that's been the biggest surprise for me as going pro is how difficult it is to clarify lagers on this scale. Much, much more difficult than when I was a home brewer. So no filtering yeah. of your lagers? No, we don't filter at all, okay. which um, certainly that would help a lot. But uh, we're trying to keep as, all the flavors in the beer that you know we're putting in. So, so how long did this have to uh, lager to clear up? Uh, it took about a month. Okay. Which is hard when you're a little brewery like us and you know, we, we're limited on tank space. Sure. sure. What, what, what yeast are you using? Oh. What yeast? It's the 833 German oh, yeah, the box. Yeah. What findings ended up actually working or was it just time? Well, cold and time were, were the most important thing, but we use Biofine mm-hmm. in our beers. And uh, so normally we use less than the recommended amount because we don't want to strip too much flavor. But for this one, for the lagers, we tried to hit it a little harder. And where do you put that in the process? Do you wait for it to cold filter and then decide, well, it's not, or, you know, cold lager rather, and it's not going to clear up and now we'll add Biofine? Or do you do it right in the beginning and see what happens? Yeah, that's a really good question. The um, Biofine does not work very well in big tanks unless it's properly mixed um, all through the process. So they recommend putting like a tea and feeding it in while you're transferring the beer into the bright tank. Okay. We're not that complicated. So what we do is we fill the bright halfway and then we... We add the biofine, and then we add the other half, and, and occasionally we'll recircuit to kind of mix it up real well. Got it. What were you doing as a home brewer? Good old gelatin, and then um, I would put it in the corny, and then you know, since I just put it in my serving um, chest freezer, which I kept pretty cold, and I would just give it a month or so, and and then at that point I would uh, I have shortened dip tubes in all of my um, cornies, and I would just jump it out into another corny, so it would leave a lot of the sediment behind. And that worked pretty well. I, I wish we could do something like that at the brewery, but we just we just can't. You can't just tip over the bright tank and pour it into <laughs> the other one? No, I tried to buy a 30-barrel corny, and I just could not find it. <laughs> Interesting. I'm a really good forklift driver, dude. I bet I could help you. All right. Come on by. Just, just put, give me some straps in about four hours. We'll figure it out. Justin's looking for ways to earn some extra cash these days. <laughs> yeah, so. seriously. He'll, he'll see you tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, it, look, you're doing great things down there. And and by the way, you know, of all the San Diego breweries, uh, not that you don't produce some hoppy beers, but you're producing a lot of styles that other breweries aren't producing down there, right? Yeah, we mostly are mimicking what I was brewing at home, you know, which is everything. The goal was to always have at least 20 different styles of beer pouring at our, our tasting rooms. Wow. And, 
we, we've been been able to do that and then some. We're, we're thinking about adding more taps so we can take it at 30 at both places. That's amazing. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. We did go down there, as you know, during the National Homebrewers Conference to check it out, and I did like that there was a, a wide variety. Usually when you walk into a place that has 20 taps, it's a tap house like mine, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's pretty- and how's it going to your place? I haven't had a chance to get up there. Oh, you should come see us. Uh, it's it's going great. We had a really nice summer, and uh, yeah, got a bunch of people hanging out right now, even. So. Nice. Yeah, yeah yeah, hey, Paul, I have a question as it pertains to lots of styles, because I see it here at the bar, you know, occasionally something will sit on tap for a while. Has there been something that you've brewed yet that just sat too long and didn't sell fast enough to where you could justify brewing it again? Yeah, we've tried not to to hold off styles for that reason. But um, the very first Rogan beer we made, which we think was the first Rogan beer ever made in San Diego, we did a lot of research um, it was really fun to educate people about what the heck a Rogan beer is, but uh, it sat too long for us. And we, we ended up not dumping any of it, but it did sat around for a while. What, a, it's a bummer. What does your cellar look like? How do you manage 20 taps making it all in-house? We got this cold room that we tore out of a, uh, an old lab in San Diego, and that's dedicated to the 20 taps. It's all direct draw. Um, you know, it's just short runs, and we just stack kegs against the cold room walls. And then we have a separate cold room for all the kegs going into distribution mm-hmm. and, you know, to other accounts. So, so. Direct draw only. Yeah. Perfect. Only way to go. Way to go. Yeah. How many bright tanks do you have for all your – or in your brew house, like that cellar? So, I, okay, I guess you were probably asking about serving tanks. We don't actually don't use that at all. But for bright tanks, we have one – um, true bright tank with the dish bottom, but we uh, we bought unit tanks so we can we can carve and clarify in our unit tanks. Mm-hmm. So what we'll do is we'll ferment in one unit tank and transfer it to another unit tank. Oh. Um, and for, for your listeners, they don't know what that is. It's basically Thank a you. tank that has a conical bottom, so you can ferment and pull the yeast out through the bottom. But it also has a port that you can use for carbonating the beer as well. Mm-hmm. And so you can you can use a tank for either one. If- so we just play this clever. Uh, shell game thing where we're moving beers between the same tanks um, in order to uh, to have the, a step where we're clarifying and we can add the biofine. The transfer is really important that you do that step. You don't okay. try to do it all in the same tank. I'm glad you clarified that. I only know what unitards are. so uh, I'm wearing one right now. I was confused. It's very, they're very cozy, though. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, Paul. Well, congratulations to you. Uh, what a great victory. And it's just, I don't know, it's fun to, to watch guys that we know like you uh, come up the ranks and, and really do that. So we're happy for you, man. I appreciate it. And I don't know if you remember this, but when, we just, when I decided to go pro, Oh, I held off the announcement. We announced it on the air on your, your show. Oh, oh, you're the wow. only scoop that we've ever gotten. There That's you why go. That's small, right. Very small brewer of the year. I've now decided to stop being polite to people, so I'm now, I've am now i gone around yelling at people for not giving <laughs> us a scoop. I, yeah. In Sacramento, there was a beer festival. I went right, right up to David Walker, and I said, Dave, what the fuck? You couldn't, like, not even a heads up, not even a uh, nothing. Uh, say, I'm, I've now just taken to yelling at people. Yeah. I, was I like, was, who are you again? <laughs> yeah. I actually saw Justin walking up to David Walker, and I was like, oh, cool, I'll, I'll come up and say hi. Then I heard him start that conversation. I was like, all right, I'll go hang out over here instead. You just wheeled around him yeah. on the yeah. other direction. Yeah, about face. So yeah. thank you for the respect, Paul. I appreciate it. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> all right, brother. Well, I hope we see you soon. Come see us at the Hop Grenade, and, and uh, let's we'll buy some beer from you, too. And, um, man, congrats. We're happy. All right, appreciate it. Good talking to you guys. Cheers. Take care. I can't, right, I can't remember if I ever mentioned this, that uh, a couple uh, last year my buddy Josh got married, and I supplied the beer for his wedding and went to Rip Current, got a bunch of kegs, 
and it was a wedding full of people. Uh, he grew, Josh grew up in Louisiana, and it was a lot of people like uh, from the South that drink a lot of yellow fizzy stuff. And he was like, "Keep it real light. I know you're going to go craft, but keep it light." Yeah. So I got his uh, his like um, sort of hoppy hef. But it was pretty low alcohol. It was a pretty light beer. People loved it. But I also got a little keg of his Belgian triple for the sort of secret <laughs> beer drinkers. Yeah. And that was the hit of the party. That's what everybody it wanted. Was, it was so fun to watch Josh's uh, relatives from the bayou get hammered on Paul's Belgian <laughs> triple. That's pretty awesome. And uh, their that's drawls cool. became just unrecognizable. <laughs> that's, that's really neat. Wow. But they're also now craft fans. Because yes. now they'll never go, oh, don't give me that dark beer. Exactly. No, they all got converted. I watched it happen. Nice work. Hey, let's get Paul here for the Winter Bruce Fest. Huh? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You on that? Yeah, put oh, him on that list. Ripcord, give him a call. Send me an email. Okay, we'll put him on the list. No, Moscow. no, no somebody, send me, somebody in this room right, send me his email address and oh. I'll take care of it. I bet you can find it. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> All right, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to do our beer news. We're going to hear from Chuck Silva. He's got a new thing happening. And a little bit after that, we're going to hear from Meg Gill, who has a, a tiny little thing happening. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. A few things happened 30 years ago. ARPANET migrated to TCPIP and the Internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch jade and the gadget guy roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you so visit the site or visit the store in dublin california and support those that support you get your brewing on at hoptech.com heard about White Labs Pure Pitch Yeast. Pure Pitch is yeast grown right in its final packaging. That means yeast that has never been exposed to the environment. And White Labs Pure Pitch Yeast for homebrewers is now available to everyone at homebrew retailers nationwide. Easy to use, perfectly sized, and ready to pitch. White Labs yeast packaged using their FlexCell process ensures the purest yeast on the market. Visit whitelabs.com to learn more about Pure Pitch, FlexCell technology, and how it's created. Then visit a homebrew retailer near you for your own perfectly sized package of Pure Pitch yeast. And you can say hello to your own little friend. www.whitelabs.com when I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. 
I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand. Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today you're listening to the brewing network because like beer radio shouldn't suck all right welcome back and thanks again for hanging out with us we got more winners to talk to tonight too so hang in there we're going to talk to brendan goff from central coast brewing company who won in my favorite style of beer pale ale Mm, we're going to be talking to him in just a little while but first we're going to do the news uh moskowitz got news today i do lots of stories man this was i'm telling you the uh the big the, <laughs> yeah. the big brewers and the and the the uh sort of large regional craft brewers they're writing this segment i think we need days. to start publishing a full-on news show honestly uh, because there, there's enough material i mean it, it if really only did. any of us were qualified <laughs> uh we should if do there, that if, if one of us was a reporter we could do a show <laughs> we could just do that yeah. uh well i'll report this to start out uh, oh this is a wine and hop <clears throat> .com, the Wine and Hop Shop, bringing you uh, the beer news this week. After almost 11 years of service, Green Flash brewmaster Chuck Silva has resigned from the company. Amazing. In a statement, Silva said uh, that it was so fulfilling to play such a major role in helping grow Green Flash to the 64,000 barrel plus operation that it is today. He's been there through uh, quite a growth spurt. His uh, wife and he are uh, going to start Silva Brewing Co., uh, as Tasty mentioned earlier in the show, up in uh, San Luis Obispo County, she was uh, an employee as well. I think since 2004 at Green Flash. So they're pulling a Bagby. Yes. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, we've got Chuck Silva on the line to tell us all about it. Hey, Chuck, how are you, man? Hey, Justin, I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for being on the program. I, I know I called you late notice today, so thanks for doing it. Um, no, no problem. My pleasure. So, Silva Brewing Company, huh? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> how long has this been in the uh, works? <laughs> Uh, it's always been the, the dream, you know, it's uh, been a long-term 
goal of mine since uh, home brewing days started in 1994. And uh, I spent my time at American Brewers Guild, got myself a job and uh, entered the craft brewing industry. And 17 years later, going on 18 years of to see an opportunity to, to go ahead and make a change. And I've got the support of my wife, MJ, and um, we're just going to go for it and relocate to Central Coast where my mom and friends are. And it just seems like a, a natural fit for us at, the, at this moment. There's some good synergy. Um, you'll be talking to Brendan about his his award and yeah. obviously Firestone Walker just killing it up there with making great beers and, and uh, several other guys emerging as well. It's a good time for the Central Coast. Beautiful place to live. It's a great part of the country, for sure. Can't blame you for that. Absolutely. You're going to be closer to us. That's great. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, closer. It's going to be easy drive now. Yeah. (laughs) There we go. Is your plan to keep... drive through L.A. Uh, Yeah, right. (laughs) Is your plan to keep the brew house all to yourself? Are you going to be jumping back in there? Uh, You know, I hope to to start it on my own, but... uh, I might I might be looking to just get a, a quicker start by doing an alternating proprietorship with somebody up there, and I'm still working through that. And um, eventually, the the vision and the goal for me is to have a farm brewery, do it out in oh, in the rural nice. areas, an agricultural spot where I can grow some fruit and herbs and different things that I want to infuse into the beers. Um, and then uh, not hops and barley. I'll let the guys that do that. Um, let those guys do that well. There you go. Um, yeah. Continue to do that, and I'll just uh, grow some really, you know, good local ingredients and and mm. embrace that and uh, and include that in my lineup of beers. Um, Estate beers. Huh? So so I, ideally, yeah, it will be it will be my own thing, and um, you know, and that's the vision for it. And it'll be small, and it'll be something that'll be more local, and um, it won't be far reaching. So just a little backstory so that folks know. Some of the things I was reading, you, know, you, you have been with Green Flash for uh, 11 years, I think you said, right? Um, That's right. But you've also really kind of taken them from an unknown brewery to a very, very well-known uh, West Coast brewery. And I know what you're going to say. It's the whole team. And, and I'm sure that it is the whole team. But but you've really been at the helm of that and produced some some wonderful beers. And. To me, one of the things that that's maybe recently allowed you to do is step back a little bit, and you, uh, you now you're kind of the face of Green Flash, and it seems to me like you're almost on the on the road to like a pretty cushy gig there at Green Flash, and going and starting your own is going to be a big fat pain in the ass, is what I'm getting at. Well, when you put it that yeah, way, forget it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> forget it, right? You know, it's going to be a Wait pain. A minute. Let me call Mike back. I don't think you. I don't think you've thought this through. <laughs> No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I grew it to a point where, you know, other people were taking the reins and they were taking the responsibility and they were doing the day-to-day operations and, you know, grinding it out and doing the CIPs and the mashes and filters. And um, and I wasn't doing any of that. So except uh, for a pilot batch here and there or a collaboration brew here or there, and, and even that was usually run by one of the, you know, one of the main brewers anyway. So, um, yeah, I kind of look forward to getting back to it. I'm, I'm glad I'm doing it now instead of later. I think my plan was originally do it you know, maybe five years from now. And, you know, I sort of thinking, well, I'm going to have the energy for that. I'm going to have the strength to do all the hard work. And, um, luckily due to some encouragement from MJ, she said, just go for it. You know, it's what you want to do. So, yeah. um, I, I just decided to go ahead and pull the trigger and, 
seems like a, a good opportunity to go ahead and do something small again and still keep the the creative juices flowing and and work hard for you know another um you know, another two, three years at least. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Then you can hand it over again. <laughs> it does. You know, it, I can't imagine anybody is surprised that a brewer like you wants to open their own brewery, and, and we've seen it time and again. And um, you know, if you are that talented, of course, it's your dream to be able to have your own place, right? I mean, it just makes sense. Yeah. Well, this is a lifestyle choice too. You know, so it's a change from, say, the busy. Even though you know San Diego's got a nice hometown feel, it, it it's a, it's a busy you know place and. Yeah, you know, getting out on the freeways, you notice it. But um, Central Coast is, is not as intense that way, and and I get to, you know, do it on my own terms. I get to make the decisions on everything and what the packaging looks like, what the brands are called, and um, what beers I'm brewing, and and then uh, you know, my commute will be ideally from the house down the hill to, yeah. uh, you know, to the brew house, and then. You know, on my like ten acre plot or whatever I end up with. Yeah, true um, lifestyle change. That's 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 the dream, you know. Yeah. You know, I walk by and feed the chickens on my way to mash in. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, Chuck, it is still California, you know. So your plot's going to be about an eighth of an acre, right? Uh, that you know, <laughs> it's a short walk. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's a short walk. Yeah, yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah. <laughs> you maybe just roll. <laughs> be fine. So, well, yeah, I know property is expensive, but you know, I hope to own the dirt and you know, but to live and work in, in the same place. And to be able to have a tasting room, people can come and appreciate what oh, that'd be great. You know what I'm doing, and get some fresh beer as well as some some cool rare each you know barrel treats or or just some some nice stuff that's coming off the farm. That's really awesome. I have some extra room there so I can bring my tent. Okay, I'd be, I'd be come down and that's yeah. good. Tasty one. Spend the, the weekend. Yeah. You're inviting the drunk to, public to, to your a house campsite, maybe or something. Yeah, that's yeah. a good idea, Chuck. Yeah, I would love. Yeah, a little yeah. camp tasting room. Um, well, listen, we are happy for you. Uh, can you give us an idea of what kind of beers uh, we might see coming out of there? Are you still going to be the hophead that everyone knows you as? Well, I don't think that goes away. I love hops. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I certainly would, would put out some West Coast-style hoppy beers. And I think the, the first stuff out will be probably something like a West Coast-style IPA. And, um, but I want to do some, some old-school traditional stuff that's real drinkable. Um, maybe some Kolsch and alt style um, beers that uh, uh, you know I don't have the, the branding for just yet. So um, I, I definitely want to start with some good drinkable fresh beers, and then of course it'll take time to develop some of the other beers that I have in mind. But I do have a vision for um, you know many different brews already, and uh, so it's just a matter of working that stuff up and having you know getting the place together. And building it, so that's going to take probably you know more than a year. It's going to take some years to to pull it all together. But sure. you know, at least uh, I'm going to get it started and, and start brewing some fresh beer for probably for draft and cans. And you think you may be able to do the alternating proprietorship model a little sooner than that to actually just get some beers out there? Yeah, yeah, that's the idea. And as soon as I you know get that locked down, I'll make an announcement about that too. Cool. Okay, excellent. Well, Chuck, I'll let you go. We we wish you luck. This was, uh, you know, I think uh, surprising news a, a little today because we, we really just think of Chuck as Green Flash, right? I think every, didn't, he didn't fucking tell us all weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scooped again. Scooped again. God damn it, Chuck. <laughs> By the West Coaster. 
because we got scooped by this morning. Uh, that's all right. We do wish well, you luck, man. They're close. <laughs> Same day. Uh, yeah, that's right. We hey, we got the audio version of the scoop. Yeah, no, thanks for for you know calling and and uh, asking what I'm up to. So I'm, I'm obviously really proud of what happened to Green Flash, all that we were able to produce and everything we were able to deliver on and. And um, now I'm just excited to go forward and, and do a little bit more just in a, in a different way. Well, as you should be. Thanks for what you've yeah. done at Green Flash. We've, yeah. As consumers, yeah. we've gotten a lot of great beer out of it. So now we're excited for uh, Phase 2, man. Awesome. All right. Good luck, Chuck, and thanks for your time, dude. Thanks, Justin. My pleasure. Cheers. There we go. Cheers. All right. Chuck Silva. Yeah. He's going to yeah. kill it. Come yeah, on. He is. Yep. It's like when Bagby left. We were all like, duh. Go make a brewery, man. Yeah. <laughs> <You> <laughs> gotta... Biggest thing I got out of that was he said, we won't be far far reaching. He's oh. going to be a little guy in a little place. Yeah. Yeah. Just... Stay small. Well, and he mentioned, too, yeah, it's a it's a lifestyle choice. He wants something yeah. small and to live in a... far reaching. He doesn't want to sit in traffic anymore. Yeah. Can't blame him for that. No. Yeah. Um, and oh. come on, the, the beer's going to be amazing, so... Good for him. Chuck just IM'd me and said he actually already spoke earlier today to uh, NPR, ABC, God CBS, and PBS, uh, the BBC, and AP. Uh, so we didn't get the audio scoop either. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, great. Now I have to yell at Chuck next time. We got time the podcast uh, scoop, though, right? Or, no, no, yeah, we're not yeah. on the podcast. Oh, no. He was, already on, uh, he was on Joe Rogan and Adam Carolla earlier today. Oh, oh, yeah. It's going to be my new thing. People are going to get to know it. They're going to see me coming and be like, oh, shit. And, <laughs> and Justin's going to yell at We don't care. It's just that we have to stand here and listen to it. You think maybe that'll become your nickname? Here comes uh, Scooped Crosley. <laughs> God. Uh, the day it does. It is now. I quit. <laughs> yeah. I'm out of here. Um, uh, yes, please. Anybody within the sound of my voice, go say that to Justin that the next time you see him. Walk up to him at a fest and be like, hey, Scooped. Want to grab a pint? You know, as the producer of this show, Moskowitz, shouldn't you be soliciting uh, these scoops for us? I think, if anything, it'll be scooped Moskowitz. I, I know. And, and the news curator. Scoop, it's Scott. my job to know. I do this part. Actually, yeah. The HR you do that part. Scoop Scotty is so much yeah. better. Scoop Scotty. Uh, Close much guys. better. So be careful. I don't, I don't know that I'm missing it until the news comes out <laughs> on the, you know, the AP. Well, that's true. How can I know? But when it comes out, pick up the phone. Or maybe, you know what? I'll, I'll just start making it... Um, as a matter of course, at every festival, every brewer and person I talk <laughs> to, like, hey, yeah. anything in the pipeline, what's yeah. in the works, and I really I'll press them. Yeah. You have to go, but no, seriously, yeah. because Justin will get pissed off at me again if tomorrow there's a thing. Exactly. I'm losing my gig if tomorrow some news comes <laughs> yeah, out about you, so yeah. please. Do it. Instead of, hey, how are you? Say, hi, when are you starting your own brewery? Yeah, right. All right, what else reading. is in the news? we got another good a story. A lot. Yeah, God, tons of them. It's hard to even know what to report first. I'm going to go with this one. Golden Road. Out of L.A., they've been acquired by Anheuser-Busch. <clears throat> that was the big news that broke uh, over the GABF. I saw that. Uh, of course, everybody at GABF was talking about it. Um, yeah, a lot of the employees uh, were blindsided by it who, who were there. Well, interestingly, our very own Push Eject was sitting next to a couple of Golden Road employees on the plane. And, and when they landed, everybody's phone starts going off no. like crazy. Oh, and, wow. and they all look at each other like... Uh, wow. Wow. <laughs> that just happened. Put my phone in airplane mode for five seconds and look <laughs> yeah. what happens. So yeah. what is, what's the story? What uh, well, say? so the, the details are pretty sparse as is, is becoming the norm for these things. Uh, Golden Rose says they're looking to further increase their distribution footprint in advance of their second production brewery, which is uh, opening in Anaheim next year. Um, there's not a lot to report as far as how much it was uh, sold for. We, they didn't say we can do the thousand barrel, thousand dollars a barrel estimate that Justin um, has mentioned that I invented. Past. Yeah, that you <laughs> right. uh, fabricate out of whole cloth. That's forty thousand barrels of uh, 
in, in 2015, they're on pace for. So okay. $4 million, maybe. Yeah. Um, well, and we were down there uh, in June. We stopped in yeah. before the National yeah. Homeowners Conference to check it out. And we know uh, quite a few of the people uh, from there, and including Meg and, and Jesse, the brewer. Uh, Victor Novak, I, I met. He's uh, one of the brewers. And they were talking about the new production facility in Anaheim, which just sounds awesome, too, which will um, do I don't know what to their capacity. Why don't we find out? We've got Meg Gill on the line. Oh, Meg, what's happening? Hey, guys. Thanks hey. for uh, having me. It's been a long time. It has been a long time. Thanks for doing the show on short notice. I, I sent you a quick, you know, uh, hungover <laughs> late notice email today. So thank short, you. Short notice and after doing the rounds on NPC, ABC, CBS, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> right. Well. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you guys have known me a long time and you haven't stopped giving me shit from uh, the time I left uh, San Francisco and you said, I don't think a brewery in L.A. will make it. I know. Who said that? I did. You did? Yes, specifically. (laughs) And she keeps proving me wrong. Oh, my God. (laughs) The one time he's wrong. You're welcome. (laughs) Yeah, this was the one time. See, (laughs) other brewers should solicit my bullshit now. Apparently, the opposite happens. Yeah, you should should put a curse on me. Can you please put a curse on me? So, Meg. Hey. (laughs) What a crazy story. Uh, I haven't talked to you. uh, God, it's been at least a year. Um, I see you all over the place. I see you like, uh, haven't you been on Oprah Winfrey? And I don't even know what anymore. You're on everything. Oprah hasn't invited me. I might be a little bit too uh, uh, aggressive for that. <laughs> she still have a show? I don't know. <laughs> you might be a little too. You're a little too aggressive for us, I think. I think you are. Uh, maybe it's Meg that I was thinking of when I was thinking of how young people are. Meg is like the youngest powerhouse CEO on the planet right now. She's also 30. She's like 15. <laughs> I think she's 30, right? How old is she? I go down in years as I move further away from you guys. Oh, <laughs> yeah. it's like 11. I think last time at Firestone Fest, she was 19. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, first, let me say this to you. Congratulations on all your success. It's been, you're an incredible powerhouse in the beer world. Congratulations. Well, thank you. I, uh, you know, it's been an amazing, amazing journey um, being a part of the, the craft beer business. And to tell you the truth, a lot of it is is luck and timing and kind of being surrounded by opportunity. And and that's just kind of what we saw with uh, with this deal and this partnership. And um, you know, to be honest, um, the operators are, are staying in and, and rolling our equity in. So. You know, the the media has been a little bit um, has, has has given it a little bit of a different tune, but um, yeah. you know, I'm not going anywhere, and I'm highly highly incentivized to stay for a long time, and I'm rolling the dice, um, you know, with with everything I've I've earned to date, and and kind of just putting the the chips back back into the to the bigger business, and um, very highly motivated to see golden road get to the next level so i can't imagine that anybody is too surprised about meg focusing on business i mean you've always so you grew up in the craft beer world with us i've seen you work uh, up here in the bay area and and you've moved your way up and then you started your own company there and to me there it, it was never an illusion that you weren't a uh and an amazing businesswoman, someone who really knew what what you wanted and, and were going to go for it. So I can't imagine that anybody's too surprised. However, uh, what do you think about what what people have to say? I mean, you had to know that your your brothers and sisters in the craft beer world were going to go, "Hey, Meg, what happened?" 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, timing was, was interesting. We had not planned to announce um, right before GABF, but for a multitude of reasons, that's the way it happened. And, and when you do a deal like this, you've got to get your licensing done. And so it becomes public record. And ah. we really wanted to get our, you know, our in front of our employees as soon as we signed so that, you know, it wasn't out there in the universe and people running around, whether it was GABF or, you know, in and all over LA. So we, you know, we got people together and um, we did miss, miss a few key folks that were, were on a flight to Denver, unfortunately. <laughs> right. um, but you know, it's, uh, I don't, I don't know if there's ever a good time to, to make a, a big announcement like this, but you know, it seemed um, in person, it seemed everybody um, was smiling back and applauding and excited about the state and of Golden Road's growth and, and what we plan to do with, with AB in the future. So, um, you know, from my perspective, it's, it's been pretty healthy. Um, and my yeah. friends, you know, when, when I was a little scared, especially my, my old Nor, NorCal San Francisco buddies, you know, I was actively involved in the Brewers Guild there and, and, you know, I was a little timid on the first day of the GABF and, these folks were the ones giving me the biggest hugs. And so that, that actually felt really nice um, that people who've known me the longest really do get it and really do say, Hey, you know, this isn't a surprise. It does seem like a good move for you guys. So congratulations. Sure. You know, that, that meant a lot. Well, also most of us are afraid of you, Meg. So <laughs> that's, you know, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't think you had to be nervous about anything. Um, well, and, and unlike, unlike Justin, Meg is not the type of person that's going to take, uh, you know, whatever uh, cash or accolades that she gets from this and go to some yacht somewhere and just be like, all right, well, I'll see you all later. Oh, She's yeah. going to take that and turn around and either start a new business or remain heavily involved in this one. And she's going to continue to be the dynamo that she is. is yeah. Right. I'm going to bail. <laughs> yeah, but, you're out. Uh, <laughs> but, not Meg. but Meg's like in it to win. Yeah. Yeah, I'm out of here. Hey, Meg, let me ask you a weird question. <laughs> It's, we're talking big picture here, but the small picture always interests me. How? What's the first contact look like? Like, does your phone ring out of the blue? You're sitting at lunch. How did the first contact go? With, uh, With a- I'm talking to AB. Yeah, AB, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it was interesting. Like a few years ago, um, we started talking to AB about distribution because we work with. Um, a, a good number of their wholesalers in Southern California. And, you know, we, we got kind of down the road with understanding their, who, who does what in um, kind of in St. Louis with, with, with M&A, mergers and acquisitions. And at that time, we just, we were tiny and we were just starting out and we really didn't have the scale to even have that discussion. And, you know, we, we had the funding, um, by our two private partners who, um, he just got bought out by AB and, Mm. you know, we said, you know, we're not, we're not even near this discussion. Let's keep focused on what we're doing and growing, you know, locally, organically and, and with our, you know, private funding, um, to, to do what we need to do to be, you know, a great SoCal brand. Now, as of six months ago, we still had that plan. You know, we we got some funding from Bank of America for our Anaheim property, and we really had no financial need 
um, for the deal. And then I was uh, I was actually on a flight at the end of May. Um, this is how fast this happened. Um, back from Chicago, and I, you know, gave the the stewardess a hard time. You know, I was like, ah. I don't drink three one two, and you don't have any other craft. And I'm a millennial, and I'm not turning my phone off. God damn it, you know. And she's like, she's like, well, sweetheart, I have some good news and some bad news. You know, the bad news first is you do need to turn your phone phone off, and the good news is we just got Goose IPA. And um, and you know, it was like, hey, you know, AB might have uh, they're they're listening to their their customers, and you know, they might have a plan for you know, for Goose and for these, these other guys that they just bought. And maybe we should just talk to them and see where we are. And, you know, I was thinking at the time in five years when Anaheim's built out, like maybe there's a conversation that will help us with distribution and really had no um, idea what their vision was for craft beer and what their, you know, need was in California. Um, And then as we started talking uh, throughout the summer, we just, kind of fell in love with each other's vision for Southern California, greater California and, um, and doing it together. So, okay. um, it really has been a nice, nice partnership. So will the, the new deal, uh, throw some fuel on the Anaheim build out? Cause I know Victor, when we were down there was saying it was going to be pretty modest in terms of the speed of filling the whole f- facility out. Is that going to speed up with the new deal? Yeah, they've, they've expressed interest you know, for us to expedite it. Um, and we're meeting with them in the next couple of weeks to see, you know, we're, we're already moving as fast as we can. And, 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 you know, we are interested and they're interested in seeing how some of their in, uh, resources, whether it's on the engineering side or con- contracting side can help us get, get going quicker. Um, absolutely. So, you know, one of the things people have speculated about Meg when they heard about this is that you built this company from the beginning for this moment. What do you think about that? People who are kind of spreading that rumor. Well, you know, I, I just told you the story. So clearly it's, uh, <laughs> it was, uh, <laughs> it was somewhat of a whim and, uh, that, that we even started talking with these guys. Um, yeah. but you know, um, I would say that, Hey, I am an entrepreneur by definition and right. I love the beer industry. I'm, putting everything I've earned from Golden Road, from my sweat equity back into, into this. And, um, I, you know, I would say that this is somewhat of an American dream story in craft beer for me personally. And, you know, I don't think that, um, sellout is the right term because, um, selling in right well sure and that's why i actually think people even give heed to that rumor that you that you may have built the company from the from the beginning for this is not because you're a sellout but because you're smart because you're a smart person who could who could do it like i think they were i almost feel like they're giving you the credit to say look she can she knew it from the beginning and could do it and i i realize it's a it's a rumor i'm just saying i think that's why people even give heed to it um, if it were, for yeah, example, and, and if I had started the brewery and someone started that rumor, they would go, no, he didn't. No He's way. a half an idiot. The guy can barely feed himself <laughs> yeah, breakfast. Right. He fell into right. it. So that's what I'm saying. It's almost a compliment that this rumor is going around, Meg. Well, I, I appreciate that. But, uh, you know, it, 
I didn't. I, I didn't even know, you know, how to spell Anheuser Busch when I when I started <laughs> Golden Road. So right. I don't think that um, I, we definitely weren't um, we weren't talking until very very recently. Seriously, so um, okay. I will say that this is probably the fastest deal that that they've gotten done. And even in you know our our two other shareholders have. You know, who, who know business pretty well, they've said, you know, nothing moves at this speed, like, you know, it's kind of meant to be, um, you know, and maybe those people that are saying, you know, that knew something I didn't know when I started Golden Road, right? Sure. Yeah. It, Meg, important question. Is there now a craft brewer support group? Um, with you and, and Matt, like Matt Brinelson and uh, maybe Tony McGee, and you guys like call each other and like, all right, how, how did today go, guys? What asshole uh, you know said a dumb thing to you today? Does that happen yet? <laughs> no, that's a great idea, though. Um, <laughs> right? No, I love it. I love it. But I will say that uh, that the the other guys in the AB portfolio has have been uh, really cool to us and. And you know, have have extended open arms, especially at GABF when the kind of the sirens went out. Um, and you know, we've gotten to know those those beers and and those brewers behind those beers at especially at Elysian and Ten Barrel. And mm-hmm. you know, I think that that's going to be a a really great resource um, as we move forward. And our 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 brewers are already you know really stoked on on that side of things, the um, collaborative environment that. You know, AB is uh, creating within their portfolio. And by the way, Ten Barrel won uh, two bronze medals at the GABF this year too. Yeah, good for them. Yeah, they were doing fantastic. Good. Yeah, they did well. Hey Meg, what are you going to? What, what's your first order of business here, just on the personal front? You're going to buy yourself a house out in La Cunada? Are you going to buy yourself a car? <laughs> what are you going to do? I am going to build my parents a house. How's that? Nice. Whoa. Where? Yeah. So I, I, I you know. I live in a pretty cool neighborhood, and um, you know, I, I have everything I need. And uh, you know, it'll be nice to um, give m- my parents and you know nieces and nephews and stuff a, a place to hang out and and for me to spend time on the East Coast when I'm not there. So I like. Come it. on, you can't buy yourself a one lousy Tesla. You're allowed to indulge. It's fine. <laughs> <Tesla>. <laughs> She's like, no, I'll just... I already drive yeah. a decent car, you know? She didn't just buy one. She bought one for each day of the week. I don't need... I'll just get a Volt. It'll be fine. I don't, I don't need... A it. Leaf is all I need. <laughs> all right, Meg. Thank you so much for your time. And just do us all a favor and yourself. Just keep making awesome beer. The beer... When we were down we, there last we time... We will. Good. When we were down there, we enjoyed ourselves so much at your brewery. We had a great time, and we had such good beer. We took a bunch of fresh beer with us to the oh, yeah. National Homebrewers Conference, and it was our after-party beer for most of the week. So just keep making great beer, and, and, and frankly, I think that's all anyone cares about, right? You, you Yourself included, probably. We will. We've got a great team of brewers, and uh, I think that they're they're going to be happy with with the new resources and and ability to make more and more better beer. Good. That's what we want to hear. All right, cool. Meg. Thanks again for the short notice Thank phone call. And I'll good luck. you uh, up north soon. Yeah. yeah. Drive your Tesla up here. And <laughs> come see us. <laughs> My Honda Element that we used to pile eight of us in and ten kegs. I'm telling you, indulge. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Meg. All right. 
Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye. Take care. What you just said, Bye. Jay, about uh, that's all anyone cares about, just to keep your own quality beer, boy, do I wish that were true. No, I <laughs> guess you're right. But I yeah. feel like once all of the, you know, bullshit blows over, in the end, that's what people care about. And that's so what here's what here's, we look for in Goose Island. We're looking to see well, if the beer exactly. change. So here's an example. Bourbon County out of Goose Island, right? People still clamor for that beer. When we put it on tap here, people go nuts for it. We get it every now and then. It's a rare beer that that people absolutely love. And nobody ever comes in and goes... Well, if if only it wasn't owned by AB, I'd order that that uh, Bourbon County. Well, instead, what they do is go, oh, you've got Bourbon County? I'll, I'll take it. Done. And that's why I do think that in the end, that's all anybody cares about. If the conspiracy theories and the fears that everybody has come true, that now there's left, there's even less shelf space, and, and because they already own so much of the market, now they can just push their craft brands as well and push out other craft brands. Well, then I guess people care about that, too. But frankly, hasn't that been going on the whole time anyway? And, and, and small brewers keep showing that they can get that beer on the shelf, and they keep doubling capacity every year, and they keep... So I do end, I end up falling on this side of the fence every time, where I'm always like, I don't know, let's wait and see if it's really all that evil. Yeah. You yeah. know? I just have a hard no. time, think, especially when I know the people. I'll be honest with you, especially when I know the people. I know Meg. And I have a hard time thinking she'd do dumb things with her company. I know David Walker and those people at Firestone. <laughs> I can't think of one dumb move they've made since I've been a fan of that company. So I just end up having a hard time thinking they're going to sell it all away for, for nothing, right? For it to go to crap. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you're in the position that you get approached by someone like an AB, you know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're yeah. not the fool sellout that some think you are. Yeah, and at but the same time... But you do get time, advantages at the same time of being part do. of the big thing. Oh, she yeah. mentioned them. You know, you have the uh, contracts available. Like, the, you know... Price advantages. Kind of hard yeah. All of a sudden, they, get, they, they got that. Liberty. Well, that's true. I didn't talk enough about that. I should have put that in. But those are the resources notes. of a big company. That's yeah. Well, and even glass. Yeah. I mean, let's face... And so, so then there is a price competition thing that becomes unfair. But again, it's always been that way. Uh, it's the, the market has always been unfair, well, no, just, and small brewers have stepped up with it with amazing product, and us consumers go buy it at a higher price. It's all about the yeah. product, I, right? I, like that. Yeah, I don't really have a bias. Yeah. No, if, if Golden Road beer stays as good or gets better, I'll be drinking that beer. Well, that's yeah, what I, I think. Wants, and yeah. again, I'm not Mister Consolidation me, uh, either. I don't think it's all, <laughs> you know, amazing and perfect and fairy tale land. I just think I wait. I don't know. I have to wait to see it go wrong myself. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I and I, if they were happening to brewers that I, I felt were shady in the first place, well, then I might I might have something to say. But it's all these people that I that I've known that I think are such. I don't blame anybody for taking great the money. forces. In the, and I've always said uh, when AB wants to buy this network, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. even need a contract. <laughs> yeah. You can post date a check to me. Right. I, I'm yeah. out of here, man. Yeah. <laughs> I am so glad it's the. Call me an Uber. Let's go. Jesus. I'm going to go buy Tasty a beer and I'm never going to see him again. Yeah. Well, That's what I'm going to do. Well, yeah. out of here. next Monday, where's Justin? He's going to turn around to cheers you with the pint you just bought him and you'll be nowhere. There's a little, like a cartoon smoke. As behind. he's walking out the door, I'll be receiving Swoosh. messages of when I'm supposed to meet him for his heroin injection. <laughs> exactly. You got to fuel up the yacht. Uh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. To your own island. got to get my sea legs. Yeah. All right, let's get through a couple more. This well, let me just oh, say we'll one more Brennan. thing. When's he coming on? Uh, you're going to get Brennan on too. Yeah. Let me just say one more thing. Um, you know what Meg didn't do? 
was Hyde from an interview with us. True that. Yeah. Short no, after she's this, right out there. I, I emailed her today, and a few minutes later, she's like, Justin, I love you guys. I'll be on the show. Good Knowing point. full well we might ask questions she doesn't want to answer or anything else. So uh, I just think they're not hiding for anything down oh, there. That's yeah. Great. yeah, she did great. All right, now, and, and now, Meg... Put us on the sponge on the advertising uh, bill, will you? Get us, Although get she, us to those AB guys. Come on, it's all funny she, she money. She did scoop us though. Uh, she did, yeah. <laughs> she did her own Another video. One. Of course, yeah. She did her own scooping video. Yeah, uh, we could have helped. Send me AB's, uh, you know, sponsorship email. <laughs> No one on, will notice. Yeah. Let me get on that payroll. I'll well, start singing the praises of all of them. Goose Island, no, no, love them. You, ha- you had her on the air. You should have asked her. So, when are you going to start your advertising campaign with the Brewing Network? <laughs> yeah. They've got a lot of ad dollars now. I should start a competition between Heineken, yeah. Duval, and AB right now. Bidding war. Because I'll tell you what, uh, we sing the praises of Firestone. Yeah. I can be bought. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I, will start, I, I will move over to 10 Barrel faster than you can say Bevo. Yep. Fire who? Fire, yeah. From where? Huh? The central what? No. No. 10 Barrel, my new favorite. We'll go down yeah. fast. Send me a We're Clydesdale, easy. and I'm. Uh, that's all I need. <laughs> I'll start. <laughs> <laughs> ride a Clydesdale from your house to the hop grenade I every will day. ride a Clydesdale to work <laughs> oh, every day. I will God. sell out right now for a, a Clydesdale and a, I don't know what. Is anybody else envisioning this? Oh, a, a, a silver train that makes everything cold. You give me one of those. That's I'll, Coors. I know, but they own something oh. I can promote, don't they? <laughs> they got money. Oh, yeah. That's all you care. Yeah. I don't really care. All right, carry on. All right, Sorry, well, so this oh. next story will uh, show you that there's actually... Possibly going to almost be no difference between Coors and, and AB because AB launched a bid for SAB Miller uh, a couple oh, weeks ago. Like this a, would mean the union of uh, the two largest brewers in the world. It create a colossus with a global market share. So this is actually kind of a weird figure. What do you guys think the global market share for ABI SAB Miller would be? Hmm. Wow. I have no uh, idea. I don't, even, I don't think uh, I know that number. Infinity. You know who knows that number? Meg Gill knows that number <laughs> because she's a Harvard graduate yeah. who actually studies her industry. I know. You know what yeah. I know about our industry? We have twenty beers on tap. Yeah. That's what I know. I don't know. Uh, Ten billion dollars? I think it's, it's, a percent. Uh, what percent of the global beer market? Oh, percent of it. Oh, oh yeah. 30, uh, fifty. Thirty-five percent. If, if they combine, no, yeah. Than, if they combine, it's more than that. Uh, it's seventy-five. Seventy-ish. So Justin's saying fifty. We got seventy-five-ish from Beardy and Thirty-five, Bevo. 35 from Tasty. Tasty nails it. Thirty-five percent. Oh. So it's not. I thought that's what they own striking. now. Striking. No, that would be their global. Oh. That would be their market share. Interesting. Uh, so anyway, th- that's according to uh, Impact Data Bank. Uh, which who knows what that is. Uh, the mega deal would uh, likely have relatively little impact here in the U.S. Antitrust concerns would prevent emerging of operations here. Uh, even though both brewing giants have seen their shares shrink in the U.S. amidst the craft beer boom, of course, um, they still collectively dominate the market here. ABI owns just under 50%. Miller Coors owns a little more than a quarter. So the way it works is SAB Miller has a 58% stake in Miller Coors. Molson Coors owns the remaining 42%. If this deal comes to fruition, the most likely scenario would be Molson Coors buying out SAB Miller's interest uh, in that venture. Uh, and the two brewers are going to, they're probably going to also um, encounter regulatory issues in China. That's the biggest beer market in the world. We're number two. Uh, SAB Miller owns a 49% stake there in CR Snow. That's the top brewer in China. ABI is third over there. So, wow. Global behemoth, but the antitrust thing is seems weird to me. I guess not for the U.S. because it would be what fifty. That would be seventy five percent here in yeah, the U.S. That would be that's what I was thinking. You were talking about. Oh, I see. Yeah, man. Even that, I think they can get out of it. Uh, it's uh, 
That's too much, I think. I think they'll get out of it by selling off. A, I don't know what they do. They have to sell off a portion of. Something well, I mean, like else. what Scott said, they'll sell it to the Canadian Molson. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, so I'm I'm not an attorney and I'm not a mathematician. But are you? if you have if you have seventy five percent of the market, what are you anyway? I'm not real sure. I'm not, <laughs> what is it you not do much here? of a producer either. I, don't know. Uh, I do art, guys. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, good. yeah. Okay. If um. If you have 75% of the market, that means 25% of the market has – there's other people that – so in other words, you have a choice. Like if you go to the shelf – I see what you mean. How can it be in a monopoly if you have choices? Well, it, it's yeah. protecting the other 25% of the market, not the consumer. It, how, ensuring competition. When you right. control 75% of the market, you can set what the price – like you set market price. And so then you can continuously price out the 25% reducing their But if our industry has share. shown something, it's that – the, the people that drink craft beer are willing to shell out the big... It's not about saving a penny. It's about spending a buck. But they'll also be able yeah. to start doing that with the ingredients. And well, and with this one... getting with, all of the ingredients. And with this one, it doesn't matter. It's not craft beer. It's, it's macro. And, and, and then yeah. I think you are... You do care about a buck. I, I'm not saying that it would be antitrust either. Is there like a general rule? You, you can't own X amount of the market? Yeah, why does, or do they, they just interpret it every time? Yeah. It's always just Case interpreted by, by the courts, I think. Yeah. There's yeah, not like some rule. It depends on the size of everybody else. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. a lot of small pieces, then you can't, you can't have an influence. Mm-hmm. But if there's already a 50% or a higher percent guy, then... With this one, I have just have a really hard time caring. Uh, I don't care. First of all, I'm an American. When since when do Americans care about what happens in the rest of the world? Never. Uh, when all of a sudden we care, we don't care. Well, you Monroe uh, doctrine over uh, here. Go sell a bunch of Budweiser somewhere else. Like I give a shit. The more you sell somewhere else, the better off. Uh, so there's that. There's in our world, we don't really care. <laughs> and I don't know. I also just feel like it doesn't. Does it? Is it going to affect craft beer? And that's you know when I think of these beer stories, that's what I care about. Well, they can uh, have more money to buy more craft beer. Yeah, companies. but that. So look, that's happening, right? I mean, I'm surprised hey, right now at how fast it's happening. Yet, but, but yeah. It's, I mean, that's happening with or without this whole thing. I think they ought to save their money. If I don't think they, they ought to do this. They buy more podcasts. I don't I think they ought to do this. But if I were them, I would stop buying giant breweries and keep buying the little breweries. Yeah. I mean, clearly that's where the market share totally. is. And they, they, are, they are doing that. So it was yeah. kind of surprising to hear this. Save the money. Yeah. And I if guess they, they have enough either way. They could do both. If they do settle the antitrust thing with uh, – the Canadians buying Coors, we have another uh, big American brewery back. Yeah. Because now it's oh. Canadian and American again. <laughs> Can American. Yeah. Can we get Meg back on the line and see what she thinks about owning yeah, 35% <laughs> of the market Actually, in yeah. the world? I did read some of the, her other interviews that she'd done with all the people that scooped us. And yeah. she was saying, like, that, I think she used the word, like, what would she say, taking over the world or global conquest, literally something along those lines, that she saw AB as a company that had those aspirations and was in a position to do it. And she wanted to be on that team is what she said. You know, can I tell you oh, something right no, now? Can there. I tell you something yeah. right now? Meg Gill will be the CEO of AB oh. in oh. our lifetime. Oh, that's a hell of a prediction. That's her I'm not fucking around. She yeah. knows that she she is a uh, she knows what she's doing. And she, and I'm not saying this is her plan. I, I don't, I'm not starting that rumor. Don't, don't let, I'm not starting that rumor. You heard it here first. I'm telling you that AB is going to watch her, watch what she does with Golden Road. They've already seen what she did with it. And they're going to promote her from within. Yeah. She will own 35% of the world. She'll be AB North America. Yes. I'm going to marry her now. I got to start. Yeah. I have to. She's not single, is she? I, what do I know? What I do know is that I will never be that successful. So I, need to, I need to figure out a way. I got to start working out. Uh, 
I'm going to start tonight. Yeah. If she isn't I'm, single, maybe we can uh, swap. <laughs> Our, you know, you just you have a boy, and my girl will take your boy. Stop and, talking. No? I don't know what that means, mm. but it sounded weird. <laughs> uh, what I do know is that I'm going to 24-hour fitness tonight, and I'm getting a gym membership. And next week, I'm going down, and I'm going to start hanging around Golden Road. Because you're just going to be just there. I'm gonna, first, gonna be there. Well, go uh, the first thing fitness. I'm going to do, I'm going to work my way up. I'm going to apply for a forklift job. <laughs> <laughs> and then every time Meg goes, hey, Meg, it's just me. Nothing. Hey, I hope you're doing good. Like, right. Boy, old Scoop right. Crossley sure is rich. Yeah. <laughs> He's not leaving me alone. You'll see. And security's going to roll by and be like, sir. I will be the first husband of Anheuser-Busch. <laughs> is that what it's called when it's the, the first man? When she's the f- president of it. Again. That makes I'm, you the Anheuser, right? Those are my two predictions. I need you to stop talking. I think you're onto it. <laughs> You'll see. Uh, let's do a couple more. There's oh, really? Just, okay. Uh, why? You, got, you hungry? <laughs> no, he's got somewhere to be. we got time for one more because i got to take a break and then we got to call Brendan. Yeah, I want that break. All right. Let's yeah. do one more. Um, everybody went to Denver to taste beer, obviously. Uh, but let's not forget there was another huge draw in Colorado this year. Legal weed. Oh, yeah. Five hours before. Oh, the, yeah, I was the, shopping. Yes, you and many others. Five <laughs> hours before the show floor opened at the convention center, there was a rush at Euflora, the nearest of 11 what? recreational cannabis dispensaries within a mile of the convention center. Brewers and attendees uh, were shopping for gummies and, you know, crazy strains oh. and et cetera. Uh, during last year's GABF, the store uh, manager, Josh, whatever, said sales increased. Uh, he No, he forgot how much it increased. Hmm. Uh, no, no, 20, hmm. 20 to 30 percent, he says. So huge uh, upswing in business from the uh, festival. Colorado's home to more than 200 breweries, and it was the first state to legalize recreational pot. So no surprise that the two are connected here. So, Tasty, you were in line getting weird. <laughs> I didn't get in line. Yeah. I just uh, dropped into one. Yeah. What'd you get? I didn't buy anything. Uh, just everything was like twice the price it is here. Just so. browsing. Oh. Mm. What I want to do that for? I already had stuff. I don't find that uh, the people I've interacted with in the Denver, the greater Denver area, have changed at all um, since this happening. Uh, in fact, like I'm, like I'm looking to see if people are drunker or higher or whatever, yeah. and everyone's just as weird as they ever were. <laughs> and uh, who cares? Uh, you know, one I haven't my... noticed any difference in beer sales in Colorado. That that stayed the same as yeah, well? Yeah, it has stayed the same. That's now, interesting. Oh. Now, of course, it's a growing number, right? So what you don't know is... Has it accelerated like it normally would have, you know, if pot wasn't legal? Right. So interesting. Yeah. Another thing I found interesting: a friend of mine who lives there, um, Bad Rock. He, he's mm-hmm. from the Forum. You find him in there. He was telling me that the the got other friends. Okay, wait, wait. The <laughs> tax has gone in. So much tax has has gone into the state. It's oh, yeah. in fact, in other words, the program has been so successful to bring revenue into the state that they did like a tax free Wednesday for pot heads you could just go by like they had met all of their goals and everything they needed to do so the government was like we're going to give you tax-free wednesday go buy your pot right now and i thought isn't that kind of reckless like yeah <laughs> what a stupid I, we've made too much money now uh <laughs> yeah so we're going to reward you potheads by tax-free day. like that money goes to schools and everything else god forbid you have a surplus like do the potheads really need tax-free wednesday I don't if they, think so. If they did that on beer, beer would be 40% cheaper. 
that way. They oh should have made it like free pizza yeah. day. One or day. Let me tell you what you. Off you know everywhere. what the reward you got, potheads? That you don't have to go buy from a criminal anymore. That you're not going right. to like uh, you know get mugged when you go buy a bag of weed. Uh, that's what you got. You don't need tax free Wednesday. Now you go into a nice clean retail environment and you buy your weed and you pay taxes on it. That's enough. Yeah. Instead of a parking lot. Boy, this Colorado. They're hippier than we are out here in California. I'll tell you. Oh, wait till California passes. Oh, the notion is condescending too. Just, just the one day, like, uh, hey, all that money you've been paying us, uh, take one day off. That's like, what I feel like so too. Uh, some, they got some law that says they can't. Ta- they can only tax a certain amount or something like that. And by the way, and tax-free Tuesday it. is much more marketable. Yeah, so That's the way to roll. Well, you know, you know, to give it back to the people that were spending it. They were too stoned to know that. Well, I don't know if you guys tried. Yeah, really. uh, there were right. a couple of pot beers on the floor at the uh, GABF. There was a Dads and Dudes Brewery out of uh, Aurora. They were offering a cannabis-infused beer made with legal hemp oil. Mm. Justin, you were the first in line. How did it taste? Ah, oh, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> Tasted like uh, dirt weed. Remember dirt weed? No, I didn't have the beer. <laughs> Ditch it's weed, not it's just it. a portion of pot. It was what it was. Right? <laughs> right, was right. Really pot. It didn't have any THC, right? right. No, no. Yeah. That's all. How does it work? They uh, they strip uh, it from the hemp uh, before they even use it. Yeah, so it's it's THC free hemp. I see. Yeah. Mraz yeah. had a hemp beer in Sacramento at the California oh, yeah. Craft Beer Summit. Uh, Firestone used to have a hemp you seed do the beer hemp thing, yeah. years yeah. ago. That's fine. Hemp <laughs> seed. Yeah, yeah, just don't don't do it with it's actual benign. pot. It's it's always horrible. I think that's pretty common knowledge at this point. Anyway, there you go. That's the news brought to you by uh, the Wine and Hop Shop. That's wineandhop.com, where you can get $8 flat rate shipping on orders under 50 pounds. Just enter BN Shipping in the notes field of the shopping card at checkout, and uh, the discount will be taken out. They also, by the way, carry Omega Yeast and Giggy Yeast now, so it's a a great spot to get your uh, brewing supplies, wineandhop.com. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Central Coast Brewing Company, who won my favorite beer style ever, the pale ale category. We'll have Brendan on the line. Hang in there. It's the session. And uh, thanks to Chuck and Meg for coming on the show on short notice, too. We'll be right back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Beer tasting games that train your palate, a brewery locator, and the brand new interactive beer style guide. These are just a few of the awesome things you'll find on craftbeer.com. The style guide is a beautiful example of technology in beer. Browse beer style families or turn on the automatic beer style finder and explore beer through color, bitterness, ABV, aroma, and flavor. It's really the coolest way to explore every beer style besides having them all in front of you. Go to craft craftbeer.com and click on beer styles to start the guide plus enjoy the rest of craftbeer.com the brewers banter blogs beer education how to host a beer tasting and the invaluable draft quality manual tons of great content that makes your beer better visit the new craftbeer.com right now and explore the website that brings you all the passion camaraderie and creativity of the craft beer community craftbeer.com celebrating the best of american beer 
Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high temperature March pump, and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20 gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your Brew Easy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman kettle cart. The Brew Easy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your Brew Easy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new Brew Easy all grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new Brew Easy. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and the freshest ingredients, backed by the best customer service in the business. Do you like to mash using efficient fly sparging, but would like an easy way to heat your strike and sparge water? Enter the new Brewer's Edge Electric Mash Water Heater, a plug-in, anywhere, precisely controlled heater for strike and sparge water. Ditch the fumes and second burner and make mashing easy. Go to williamsbrewing.com today and browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy the Williams way. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishev, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. Segmented, demented, fermented, fermented. It's the session. All right, welcome back, and thanks so much for hanging out with us. What a busy show. Great American Beer Festival winners, lots of uh, crazy news going on in the beer world. I even have a cool new uh, game that I'm going to have to uh, shelf for uh, another episode. Yep, we don't have time, but we are bringing back our happy hour segment yes. uh, this time around, so we will do that. Um, but right now, we're going to talk to our friend Brendan Goff over at uh, is it Central Coast Brewing Company. Brendan, what's happening? Oh, did I lose Brendan? <laughs> of course, right when we went, uh, right when we went, hello. Typical metal winner. Yeah, he's probably uh, over on some other station giving them a scoop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see if we can get him back. Uh, he got excited. 
As happens. Hello. Brandon. Yeah. Hey, buddy. Welcome to the show. Who's calling? <laughs> this is, we lost thanks for you. having me, guys. No, thanks for uh, doing the show on, uh, on on short notice. Central Coast Brewing Company is the name of the brewing company Brendan is with, and you guys just won Pale Ale. That's it. Yeah, just that little little category, uh, American Pale Ale. <laughs> How many entries were in it, Brendan? <laughs> uh, There's 160 entries, and uh, you know, talking to some of the brewers after the festival. Uh, you know, some of the guys at Alesmith and Dallas Point and all those places uh, that had beers in that category. I mean, it was, it was amazing. It was pretty incredible. <laughs> that is a big deal. Uh, it's a popular category, obviously, but also a really well-done category, kind of like you're saying. I mean, people who have won that in the past make some of my favorite beers on earth, man. Yeah, for sure. So were um, you... Yeah, a- it, it's, it's, it's certainly a style that has been near and dear to my heart. Um, you know, when I was, uh, back when I was home brewing, it was... Probably about half of the beers I made were American Pale Ale, just different hop combinations and trying to dial in the malt bill. And so it's something that I have been working on for a long time. So it was definitely special to me. So this is your recipe that won. Yeah, this is uh, sort of a tweak on my old homebrew recipe. Uh, malt bill is uh, pretty much the same as it as it always has been. Um, the uh, you know water brewed with sandwich water. I grew up in this town, so I'm very familiar with it. Um, uh, the, uh, the hops are probably the um, thing that's the most different, just because the you know scaling up of uh, um, hops from just for the bitterness and, and stuff like that um, definitely needs to be adjusted for. <laughs> sure. But. So let's start with talking about the hops in this beer. Uh, what, yes. what do you use? Uh, so hop side that beer is uh, it's a, a Centennial Mosaic and Galaxy. Okay. And so, yeah, we do uh, just a you know it's a ten barrel, ten barrel system. We do a twelve barrel batch on it, um, and we have twenty barrel fermenters. So we'll usually brew twice to fill up the tank. Um, so on that twelve barrel batch, we'll do uh, four ounces of mosaic at uh, like first wort. Um, we'll do a ten minute addition of uh, centennial, and then blend in uh, uh, mosaic and galaxy in the whirlpool. Got it. Very nice. And the malt bill, simple. Uh, yeah, it's it's simple, uh, but you know it's it's important. I think I think uh, you know we we try to find some something that has a little bit of that kind of bready malty sweetness. Um, so we use seventeen uh, percent Vienna malt. Um, we use about eight and a half percent torrified wheat, and then just a little blend, four percent each of Carapils and Crystal Forty. Got it. Well, I have a kind of a it's a weird gimmicky question, but. Is there some sort of an X factor at work here that you can put your finger on? I mean, it's such a tough, so many entries and such a tough style. What What do you think is setting yours apart? Uh, you know, honestly, I think it, it has a lot to do with uh, moving beer around the cellar and just taking care of it, preventing oxygen. Um, you know, I, I I brewed for about three years before going to Central Coast uh, at Firestone Walker and Certainly, you know, those guys are, are very conscious of taking care of the beer and, you know, dissolved oxygen levels. And, and so that is something that is a premium concern all the time. And so uh, we're doing, you know, uh, captive CIPs on our bright tanks, so we don't open them. We'll do acid wash under pressure. Um, you know, when we dry hop, we hook up a CO2, uh, CO2 line to it, so it's positive pressure the whole time. And, uh, you know, at any place that we uh, have the opportunity to, you know, 
produce the amount of oxygen coming in. We're just very, very, very careful of that. And I think ultimately, I mean, you know, I kind of joke that the uh, that the GABS, you know, is more of a packaging competition. Hmm. <laughs> Good joke. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's true. Yeah, I mean, really, it's, uh, you know, it's they, they, you ship the beers out six weeks beforehand. And so um, every, every one of those bottles was just hand-bottled with a counter-pressure filler. And I would fill it with a real light, you know, star sand solution, uh, and then turn the bottle upside down and, uh, you know, purge it out with CO2 completely. So it's a kind of a complete purge, like kind of a displacement. Mm-hmm. Um, and then purge the bottle for another minute. Um, <laughs> and I think, you know, there's essentially no, shouldn't be any oxygen in it after that. And so uh, and then a tip from uh, my buddy Dustin over at Firestone, uh, when they, you know, when they were used to hand bottle all their gold metal beers, uh, you know, he, he told me to get something hard to, to hit the bottle on and just give it a tap. And as soon as that thing foams up, you know, cap right on it. And, and that was it. That's good advice. So yeah. cap on foam is some, some standard old things, but I like sure, yeah. And also Brennan's like, and so I purge it with CO2 for four days. <laughs> right. um, yeah. It might be over doing it there, Brennan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, it, I'm sure it is, but, you know, a lot of yeah. things that we do are overkill, you know. But <laughs> I agree with what you say. It is the packaging competition because that's where oh, the yeah. last point of, you know, you can mess it up, and a lot of breweries I'm sure do. Yeah. So on the ingredient side, let's talk about the water. Um, because mm-hmm. I feel like in a pale ale, and I know Tasty's talked about this before, especially when you're you know trying to get the most out of your hop character and stuff. I feel like in a pale ale, water is this is truly one of those moments where it's the most important thing. And you said you know your water pretty well down there. Um, how do you treat it for for this beer? So uh, yeah, starting off, one of the most important things that that we do is we we test our water ahead of time. Okay. And so we are using uh, sandless water um, from the city, but uh, I got a little test kit. Uh, so every time we brew, we, we actually pre-boil our water ahead of time. Oh. Mm. But we don't have, you know, we don't have a, you know, activated carbon filter or RO system or anything. So, uh, you know, sandless water is pretty good. And so uh, we will, you know, we'll pre-boil all of our brewing water ahead of time. Um, and that drops a little bit of that calcium carbonate out. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so... What do you rack off? Then you rack off of that, that basically. Okay. Yeah, exactly. We'll just let that stuff settle um, yeah. overnight, right. and then mm-hmm. uh, uh, and then just rack off of it. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, we we usually end up, you know, uh, at about thirty part per million of calcium, uh-huh. um, about eighty part per million total alkalinity of calcium carbonate. Uh, it's uh-huh. about forty five part per million sulfate, forty five part per million chloride. So it's a it's a pretty mm-hmm. balanced water mm-hmm. profile to start with. And so I'll, I'll just take the calcium up to about 80, um, uh-huh. go closer to 2 to 1 on the uh, sulfate to chloride. And, and what would your sulfates be, like 300 or so? No, it'd yeah, be up to like 80. Uh, it's, uh, it's closer to like, it's like 180 to 60. That's where you add it up yeah. to? Okay. Yeah, it's not, you know, I, and, and I know, I know uh, it's not true burtonization of the water. Yeah, it'd I mean, be it's higher it's if it was. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely softer than that. But, uh, you know, the way that I kind of tried to make this beer is that, you know, I want that malt, you know, we have that torrified wheat and that Vienna, and we actually mash it at 154. And so uh-huh. I'm, I'm looking for a little bit of texture from the malt uh-huh. and uh, from yeah. those dextrins that are left in the malt on the high mash. And uh, right. I'm trying to, use, trying to use that water chemistry to kind of tighten things up at the end. Sure. Very good. So, yeah, I, th- I think it all kind of comes together pretty well. Well, you're the gold medal winner. We're listening really yeah. closely. Yeah. Yeah. Don't ask <laughs> yeah, us yeah. anymore, yeah. Brian. Yeah, uh, we'll be doing that, by the way. Do yes. you do any uh, pH adjustment? 
either during uh, the yeah, brew or so, even after fermentation? Uh, yeah, we'll, you, we'll start with uh, acid malt. We'll do usually on the pale ales about 2% uh, acid malt. Uh-huh. Uh, that gets our mash pretty close. Uh, you know, if, if I need to adjust a little bit in the kettle, we'll use a food-grade phosphoric acid just to really hit that target. <laughs> Smart. Um, yeah, and we're looking for, you know, a pre-boiled pH of about 5.45 um, and with a post-boil of about 5 and 5.35. Um, so that, that usually gets our finished beer pH somewhere between... Uh, about four four and four five, and so if, if it's you know if I see it drifting one way or the other, we'll start shooting for different targets. But uh, that absolutely, you know, I think is important. You know, that finished beer no, pH no. is ultimately, oh, yeah. especially in a hoppy beer, the lower the the right pH will, will clear your palate so much better. You'll be oh, able yeah. to taste all the hop character, but when you swallow it, it it's doesn't doesn't linger. It's great. So, yeah, and, and you know, and I, and I can certainly attest to the fact that uh, when we were kind of trying, you know, when I was at Firestone, um, you know, we were shooting for lower uh, end of boil pHs. You know, we were going for like five point two, mm-hmm. um, and we were seeing finished beer pHs with that with their house yeast, um, you know, that were in target. So when I come in, I'm shooting for five point two, and our, you know, we're coming out with like four point two finished beer pH, and they were acidic. You know, they they bite mm-hmm. too hard. Oh, yeah, it really yeah, does yeah. affect it. No, you know, there's there's a sweet spot there. Well, no, yeah, like the difference between 4.2 and 4.3 is like ten, tenfold. So it's, it's, huge. A long, yeah, it's, it's a really logarithmic scale. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it's just kind of through trial and error. We've kind of found the sweet spot, you know, in our brew house and in, in, in our yeast. We're just using cow ale. Um, but, yeah, that 5.35 tends to be kind of the sweet spot for our pale ale uh, after boil. I'm really impressed that you're running those numbers. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to bring yeah. up, too, Nathan was on a little while ago talking about uh, we had this iDip uh, brew kit from Smart Brew Kits, and um, wow. he went and te- he can test with all this stuff super easy. It has, like, an app, and uh, so, you know, you used to just have to do all sorts of different test strips and complicated water things, which is why I never, ever... Ever, ever looked at my water, but um, uh, they gave us a deal on it too. But you, with this thing, uh, you can go to smartbrewkit.com and enter code TBN15, and you're going to get uh, free shipping and then a, a bottle of reagent for free, which is like a $70 value. But this thing tests for all the things that you just mentioned, Brendan. Like you can test for uh, alkalinity, chloride, calcium hardness, pH, sulfates. Um, uh, you can check for all of it with just this simple little. And, and uh, it matters if you're yeah. like this pale ale for sure. Yeah, and oh, then they have absolutely. They have like an app that you can share it with the rest of your brew club and stuff. Uh, so it's for home brewers and pro brewers. But it's a handheld water tester that has an app. Uh, it pairs with Bluetooth to whatever. And you can email your results, results to, you know, your, your assistant brewer or whatever. It does over 35 different water tests. So um, I don't know. Go check it out. You can go to smartbrewkit.com and then use coupon code TBN15. Sorry, since you just brought up all those different measurements. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure they gave us a coupon <laughs> code for that. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think everybody wants to take a look at their water. Yeah. Can you imagine, Justin, if you ever become a home brewer, there's all these awesome products for you to use. It's I like know, you right. can't screw up. It's amazing. And you can hear about them all right here on the... <laughs> uh, anyway. So, uh, How many IBUs was your was your uh, your beer that won? Uh, you know, on paper, it was about 60. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, I, I do use beer smith, and we sort of adjust for, um, you know, I set my hop utilization um you know, pretty high, uh, just because uh, you know that's one of the things that our our, our in our system our um, our wort sits pretty pretty long during knockout. Uh, we we're only going in at about four gallons a minute, and so it's, it it takes us about an hour and fifteen minutes to to cool in, and so. Um, so your whirlpool hops will have bigger effect. 
Yeah, and so it's hard, you know, that's what we end up backloading. That's why every, you know, we oh. get a little bit up front mm-hmm. and a little bit in the middle, but most of our hospital is the Whirlpool. It's trying to get as much of that flavor retained as we can. Um, what do you think? What percent but, of your hops are in the Whirlpool? What, percent, I mean, what percentage of your IBUs are from the Whirlpool? And what's there, uh, prior? There's basically, there's basically 11 pounds total uh, that go in, and eight of them go in the Whirlpool. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's like, you know, Most two, of it. two pounds, two pounds sure. at 10 minutes. It's like four ounces at 60 minutes. And then the just the rest of the blend of those hops goes in the Whirlpool. So it's four it's ounces at 60 minutes. That's yeah. like a homebrew batch. Yeah. yeah. It's, just <laughs> a, it's, it's, it's that first word. It's just, you know, it's just to cut as, the hot as you'll hear Matt say, sort of just to keep the phone down, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, and I've considered taking that out, but it's like, I don't know. It just feels kind of right to have hops no, no. in there at the beginning. <laughs> I don't know. Don't change yeah, it. It's much. a kettle pH adjustment. Go ahead and make it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then how many? Um, how does the 11 pounds compare to how much you're dry hopping with? Uh, so that one gets a that one gets a big dry hop. Uh, we actually dry hop that um, heavier than our IPA, uh, but the the difference is that we go really short contact with that. Um, hmm. We'll we'll catch we'll catch the dry hop right about a half degree Play-Doh above fermentation, and that's certainly not you know a novel idea. A lot of most brewers I don't know about most, but a lot of brewers are doing that. Um, yeah, like you know, that Walker. can help scrub some oxygen. There are new flavor compounds created yeah. you know during yeah. metabolic yeah. activity with the yeast. Any there. oxygen um, that got introduced. Just to get eaten up. Yeah, yeah exactly. And yeah. so, but we do, we go about two pounds per barrel. So that gets uh, 22 pounds um, in a 10 barrel batch and 44 pounds in a, in a 20 barrel batch. Mm. Uh, and it, we, we'll go, you know, three days. And then on that third day, I'll just dump whatever hops settle out, uh, crash the tank to 33. And then the next day, get as much of the hops that I can out. You know, um, you know on the pale ales, I think it's particularly important to. Um, try and get as much of that vegetable matter out as fast as you can. I think I think you have a little bit more leeway on the you know IPAs and double IPAs to leave those hops in there. Some of those you know the polyphenol extraction, some of the tannins from the hops can actually um, you know help a double IPA. They can help kind of make it seem a little less sweet and a little more you know bitey. Um, but the pale ale, obviously, they're looking for more of that kind of soft balance and you know, getting those. I want that big aroma, but I'm trying to minimize the amount of that tannin extraction. So we'll go with three days and then drop them and then crash the tank and then drop the hops again the next day just to make sure we've gotten everything out of it. Do you rouse the hops at all during the three days or is it just they fall through once and that's it? Uh, we don't. Uh, not, not on that beer. So uh, because we're getting all of the hops in um, while there's still some yeast activity, um, I'm counting on that to kind of mix the hops in. And, you know, just looking at what comes out, I mean, it looks like it's like hot porridge. I mean, there's no doubt that all of those hops were, you know, fully saturated. On, on some of the other IPAs that we do, um, we'll do two dry hops, and I do rouse the second round. Mm-hmm. Uh, when there, when there's a little bit less activity going on, but for this beer where it's just you know one big one big dry hop with really short contact, I'm I'm looking for the the yeast activity to sort of stir those hops up. Sure, Brendan, how long have you been at Central Coast? Uh, I've been back there just over a year, actually. And this is the first uh, time that you've you've entered beers. Uh, under Central Coast. Uh, so, uh, so when we uh, when I, when I left Firestone and went to went to Central Coast, uh-huh. the first batch we, we you know we had never gone to the GABF before, and I, you know that was awesome. something that I wanted to do, and uh, had never brewed on that system. You know, I mean, I I had brewed on. I was kind of helping out a little bit part time, but hadn't gone in there and actually said, okay, these are my beers, and uh-huh. you know. 
like really made a run at, at trying to dial things in. And so once I had made that decision and, uh, and came full time, the first batches I made were, were the GABF batches from last year. I see. And so, you know, we kind of tried to play the game a little bit, uh, last year, you know, we picked, uh, we picked styles that weren't quite as heavily entered. And so, you know, we made a brown ale, we made a stout, we made a, um, uh, Hefeweizen, and these are all beers that we normally make, um, but you know they're not something that I certainly you know have a have a true passion for, and so we yeah. kind of made you know took a run at it and made the beers, and we got pretty positive feedback. But um, you know we sent three out of four to the second round, but didn't get any medals last year. So this year came around, it was like screw it, man, I don't care. You know we're going to enter. I don't care if it's, if it's a big category. Categories like yeah. we're going to brew the beers. They're our best beers, and so let's just go, go for it. And, yeah. You could have put it in the international yeah. pale ale category. That is true. Yeah. That is true. Uh, that's you know that's a pretty competitive category too, though. Yeah, it's, now it is. Once uh, could have won a bowl. Ballast Point brought all the attention to it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's a, it's a true American pale ale. I mean, I you know, I, I guess the Galaxy is a. Uh, it's it's sort of an in betweener, you know, international uh, and American great. pale ale. But, well, you, uh, now you emphasize the. Uh, you said you emphasize the malt bill. You think that's key. To making a good pale ale is to have, uh, you know, make sure the malt has some some say so. Absolutely, uh, you know, you know, we we've made beers that, uh, you know, on that system that first came out a little lean, and we've kind of tweaked things. Okay. You know, I think that Vienna malt uh, we made a Vienna malt sub for uh, what used to be Munich, um, and I get a little bit more kind of just kind of ready sweet out of Vienna yeah. where I get mm-hmm. a little bit more of that kind of bread crust out of, out of uh, Munich. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that sweetness can kind of help, um, you know, sort of um, showcase the sweetness of the hops a little bit. Yeah. Um, and certainly that torrified wheat, I think, you know, I always kind of describe it as kind of a pillowy, pillowy landing for the hops. Um, sorry if I kind of echo when I'm walking in and out of my, my house here and there's cars driving by. So you're all right. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, but, so you're, uh, you're trying to yeah, get some body in the beer. Is that yeah. uh, I sense? Say that again. You're trying to get a, lot, a fair amount of body in the beer so that it'll uh, offset the hops. Uh, yeah, yeah like, I mean, you know, not to you a ma- point. I what mean, do you mean? You don't, you don't want to be. You don't want to be chewing on it. You don't want to. No. But that's the thing. You know, a five a five and a half percent beer. It, 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 there's very little you can do with the malt bill to to overpower the hops. So uh, you do want to make sure that you certainly have that foundation. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, once you know, once you get above seven percent, I think you start running into um, having to be a little bit more careful about the malts that you put in it. But, yeah, because there's so much. I mean, much. I know, in Tasty, I've talked to you about this. I mean, when you you know, session IPAs, when you get down to four and a half percent, you can put up to twenty percent crystal malt in those. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Tasty, you want to know what the mash temp was too? I yeah, think what, that's how well you hide you, how, how high did you mash with the uh, torrified wheat? Uh, we we mashed this beer yeah. at uh, at 154. Okay, so you're you're trying to essentially get body in the beer. Uh, of course, yeah, and a lot of that's just you know yeast strain dependent. I mean, our you know Cal yeah. Ale is a workhorse. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, it'll, gotta, knock, it'll knock that gotta, down. That's why you got to do it at 154. Yeah, if you use an English yeast, that wouldn't be way way too high. You'd still, I mean, yeah, it, absolutely. It, it's yeah, still and that's just based on our results. You know, it's a 12 and a half Play-Doh beer. Um, and it's still, it dries out, you know, below two and a half. You either finish it at like 2.2 or 2.3 Play-Doh. Right. Um, I don't have my notes in front of me, but I think that's what it was. Uh-huh. Uh, mm-hmm. so did, you submit, did you submit a really fresh batch, the, the one? Or did you have one that was a little bit uh, it, it was fresh. I mean, we, uh-huh. you know, that was the one that I, that we basically uh, took it to the bright tank uh-huh. um, two days before bottling it and sending uh-huh. it off. 
uh-huh. um, you know that that said, it sits for six weeks yeah. at the at the festival. Right. So, yeah. Did you um, did you bottle some extra and taste it at six weeks later to kind of see what they were tasting? I did. I bottled I bottled two extra bottles of everything and sort of you know uh, tasted uh, tasted one of them about four weeks in and it was like and it was still really good but you could kind of see it start to you know start to change a little bit and you're just kind of crossing your fingers you know hold on here and that just uh, sounds like yeah yeah sounds we like opened, torturing we yourself one the day before <laughs> uh, day before we left and. That was still pretty good. So we were we were feeling we were feeling pretty good about it, and you know it's one of those things where you know you got a good beer, but you know right. it's a 160 entry category. So There's when you saw the really good beers. Right. when you saw the bronze medal winner and then the silver medal winner, what chance did you think you had of getting gold? You thought uh, it's over, or you pretty think much, like, pretty pretty much zero? zero. Right? I mean, yeah. So, yeah, I mean you know yeah. you know you've got a good beer, you know, yeah. and in your in your head you're kind of convinced yourself like okay, like. 140 if I, entries. Bronze, if, I, if I could sneak in and get a bronze, yeah. you know, God, I'd be so happy, you know. Yeah. And they call it, they call it the bronze. It's just like, oh, shit, okay. Silver comes up, and it's just like, I even looked at my guys after the silver medal. It's like, shit, man. Okay, well, okay, next hey, year, you know. Next year. Yeah, and, they, and, they, and then they call the name. It's like, you know, Monterey Street Pale. It's like, wait, hold on. I, I, I make, the make a beer called Monterey Street Pale. <laughs> yeah. And they say Central Coast Brewing. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> As you can hear in my voice, I still can't can no, barely talk right now. Yeah, I, lost, no, I lost a, my voice. It's a life-changing uh, moment. I'm so glad for you, buddy. Yeah, it's pretty So exciting. glad. Uh, folks, you can go to centralcoastbrewing.com right now and check it out. It's a small brewery in California, uh, obviously producing good beer. Brendan, do you think I should stop repeatedly attempting to brew Pale 31 and failing and now switch over to your recipe as my repeatedly attempting to brew a pale ale recipe. What do you think? Well, you know, considering you haven't tasted mine yet, why don't we get you guys a, a keg of that up at the hop grenade? Okay, you I like do, this idea. You, you, you can do your uh, market research there, and then we can talk about it. You know, next weekend, um, as in six days from now, five days from now, we are doing a GABF winner's showcase here. Uh, how the hell do I get a keg of this up here? Oh, shit, man. Uh, I think you need an excuse sure to come we, to the Bay we, Area. I, you know, I'm, I'm sure we can figure something out. Uh, what, what date is it? Uh, we'll, we'll do it all weekend. So it's like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We're just going to put uh, California GABF winners. And, boy, would I love to have your pale ale, man. You know it's my favorite. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And, and you know, this actually, the timing worked out really well for us on this beer, too, because, um, you know, we're, it's, a, it's, we, it's, it's basically a pub setting that we have. And so we, you know, it's a... It's just a tasting room, and we do local distribution in the county, and so okay. yeah, we're not a produ- we're not a production brewery, so we don't make that beer every week. You know, we make that batch, and it lasts us about four or five weeks usually. Okay. So, so we had brewed that beer. We ran out of it about a week before uh, GABF, and we had actually just transferred the fresh batch to Bright Tank the day before we left. And oh, so nice. We got we yeah we got two day old you know. Uh, uh, version of that beer in Bright Tank right now. So I will email you um, after the show if we can find a way to work it out. It'd be cool. Yeah, I'll meet you in Salinas, and we'll uh, there we go. Tasty's already uh, okay. We'll figure this out. <laughs> we'll do a Pony yeah, Express man. style. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Yeah, and I'd, I'd love to come hang out and, uh, and, oh, and drink them, too. That'd be even better. All right, let's see what we can work out. Folks, you can go to centralcoastbrewing.com and check it out right now. And uh, this is a big category. It's a big win. I mean, uh, and then, of course, just it being my favorite, I knew we had to have Brandon on. So uh, those of you who went to our uh, BNA 10 party actually ha- had some Central oh, Coast Brewing right. beer, if you were mm-hmm. in San Diego at our party, yeah. uh, because Brendan was down there pouring. And um, Look, we just wanted to have you on to congratulate you and learn about the beer because we're proud of you, dude. Good job. Cool, man. Thank you, guys. All right. I will email you, and I hope we get the Spear of the Grenade here this weekend. That'd be sweet. Um, Sounds good. All right. Cheers, Brandon. Oops. I hung up on him accidentally. <laughs> Damn it. I think he hung up on me. I was going to say hi to his girlfriend. Uh, she's even more hey, fun than, than, than Brendan is. Yeah. She's uh, she's fun. Uh, all right. So that's pretty cool, right, Tasty? So cool. I mean, um, again, uh, it never gets old That's watching the, uh, uh, some of our some of our only winner that I cried for. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I was teary eyed. <laughs> I like it. I do it every time, and uh, I always feel like such a loser. <laughs> well, you I'm are such a puss. Yeah. <laughs> Cry but it's babies. just so cool. Is like these people win? Like it's such a big competition, and um, well, these are like people you know. You know, it means a lot to them, then it. Yeah. yeah. All right, we're supposed to do a happy hour, but I'm, I have a pending request with our person we're supposed to talk to. So tell really? you what, if that doesn't happen in the next minute, um, we're, we're done. Let's do the Twitter game then. All right, let's oh, do that. So what was our Twitter game today? Um, I had said, uh, what happened in Denver that you and Bevo and Jamie and Push Eject wish stayed in Denver? <laughs> a lot of good uh, ones. If only they knew. <laughs> well, a lot of good ones, but also a lot of ones that were either sucky or sort of nonsensical. So this is not... It, it, JP does a good job with his curation every week. I used to think, like, man, why don't you just read all the submissions? But now, now <laughs> I see a, why. There's a reason. Yeah. Well, now that there's a competition involved for the Labruski cruise. Yeah. I, we'll probably get even more. I'm sure. So, All right. So forgive me if some of these suck. Uh, I don't have the greatest discretion like he does. But here's uh, Chad uh, Geshwell, who says, The loose-skinned stripper at La Boheme that smelled like the hot plate at Tacos y Salsa. Uh, there were no loose skin, loose skin stripper, strippers at La Bohem. Mm. So. Tight like a snare drum, huh? <laughs> yeah, everyone was in tip-top shape. Either that or I was too drunk to know. John McConnell says, unprotected sex with multiple partners. <laughs> Straight to the point. <laughs> Straight to the point. Uh, nah, we wouldn't regret that. All right. Yeah, it's true. Scra- <laughs> Scrappy Hound says, that thing in the hotel with the brownies, the bowling ball, and the clown mask, and the cactus. <laughs> Sounds like that must have been Bevo's something room. Something that should have stayed there. Uh, Kelly Wingert says, drunken spin the bottle, disappointment and regret. <laughs> that didn't happen, but, but I'm it surprised. would have well, been that's why Justin disappointed. disappointment and regret. <laughs> I'm going to put that one. That one's the first one that's made the list. Yeah. Asa Dunkerton says, one word, zero gauge butt plug. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> is a, that's a lot of words. Is that big? Zero yeah, gauge? The smaller the gauge, yeah, like, how's the it bigger go? it is. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So that's like what that's like. It's like a beer can, uh, like a telephone pole. It's like a, yeah, <laughs> right. But it's in the shape of a spade, so you can ease it in. You know. All right, All right. Keith Allen. I wouldn't know. Keith Allen says, uh, "You mean that thing made from the broken dildo mold? One hit too many from a bong and an errant Snapchat sent to reply all hashtag oops." That's complicated, it and we were, yeah. we'd have been way too I drunk lost, for that. Lost me halfway through. All right, um, but you said oops. <laughs> Attic Monkey 81 says that awkward moment when you had to explain to Jamil why you didn't bring the RV. Nah. Tim Jenkins says Justin scoops himself uh, on another bullshit radio show <laughs> about selling half the B into Heineken. So you go on, you <laughs> guest on a show and scoop yourself. 
Oh, I go on somebody yeah, else's right. show? On another yeah. podcast. That's a good one. Yeah. I, would, I would definitely regret oh, that. Yeah. Amazing. All right. Beer Judge says butt sex. Uh, yeah. no. I wouldn't regret that. And uh, Lee Brokus. <laughs> well, you wouldn't. I would. Lee, Lee Brokus says Sam. We regret Sam. Well, you should. Or well, regret wish not you would leaving have left him. him there. Yeah. yeah. Well, Sam didn't go. Sam didn't unfortunately. go. Unfortunately. So, all right. So the two that I put on my list are drunk and spin the bottle. We definitely would have. That we could actually, I could see us playing that. I could totally and, see us. Playing and then that. entirely oh, regretting God. it. Yeah. How about that awkward uh, booth meeting the next morning? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, hello uh, there. Oh, hi, uh, hello, guys. Hi, Bevo. Uh, yeah, right. I'm just. just I got to go over tasty. to the studio. Um, I'll see you uh, later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then that I would go on somebody else's show and scoop myself about being bought by Heineken. Ooh, both are likely to happen. Yeah. Both regrettable. Yeah. I think the spin the bottle is going to happen on the Brewski cruise. Ooh. <laughs> oh, so. there are some freaky people going, too. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, we did learn that this weekend. I'm going to tell you that right now, a lot of uh, freaky stuff is going to happen on the Brewski cruise. <laughs> freaky yeah. how? Like, what do you mean? Freaky in every way. I have, dis- I have recently discovered a knack of mine, and that is predicting when shit's about to get weird. <laughs> and didn't I say, Bebo, it was, uh, I don't know what it was, it was Friday, it was in the middle of our session, and I could just, I could feel how everyone was behaving, and I was like... Shit's going to get weird tonight. Shit got weird. It got super weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyhow, uh, I, I'm now predicting that the Labruski cruise is going to get weird. Also, because we know some of the people that are now going who have bought tickets. You can go uh, on our website and uh, click the Labruski cruise banner. I'll get a more prominent link up by tomorrow as well so that it's permanent. And get your own discount. Uh, and your join discount. in this weirdness. And join in the debauchery I mean, because it yeah. is going to be cool. Everybody <laughs> wants weird memories <laughs> yeah. right. that you regret. A drunk yep. and spin the bottle sounds, sounds International waters for what you're describing. Maybe that's too tame. Uh, yeah, be yeah. No, could be. Oh, except no. that we'll find a way to make it weirder. It's right. uh, just drunk and spin the bottle. But if the bottle lands on you, it's oral. Let me just be clear. <laughs> yeah. I will tap out of this weirdness, much like I tapped out of the Friday night weirdness. Uh, you didn't uh. exactly tap out before it got weird. Um, you I'm, just tapped out nope. as it was escalating. Weird. No, bro. I tapped out before. It, it was. <laughs> it was uncomfortable. Weird. It, I think you got, are so worse. full of shit if you're telling me you tapped out before it got weird. Oh, no, it was already right. getting it weird. weird. Are we talking like uh, like uh, Roberto weird or Andy Wood weird? It's like the hybrid child. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's a good... Uh, yeah, it's, it's Andy Wood meets Roberto. Huh. By 3 a.m. anyway, it was Andy Wood meets Roberto. By the time at 1.30, it was still Andy Wood weird. Yeah. That oh. was when, when, when Bevo left. left. Yeah, that yeah. still sounds fun. Yeah, that's, kind of, that's almost enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. All right, who wins? Uh, well, we should vote on this one because um, so it's spin the bottle. Right, yeah, because right, it's got, important. So drunk and spin the bottle. And spin the bottle raise your hand. I did that. Oh, there oh, we go. Wow. That's our winner. Yeah. That only is. Moscow was going to vote for uh, that. Justin scoops because <laughs> I, 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 I can hear that. I can just I can hear that happening. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that so whoever wrote in, which you need to do, Moscow, oh, yeah. drunk and spin oh, the bottle. Yeah. Kelly needs to. Uh, Email Scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. We'll put you in the running for a chance to win uh, a cabin to go with us on the Let's Get Weird Labruski Cruise. I've just rebranded it. <laughs> but are, they've been emailing you, haven't they, Bevo? Uh, send it to Bevo. Then. Yeah, Bevo at thebrewingnetwork.com. Oh, they yeah. send it to me, but they also send it to JP because he's keeping a list. Oh, oh. there you go. I'll, I'll message you, Kelly. So that flashing thing is not a phone call that I need? That is. I messaged you about it. Bro. Oh, you did? Are they still there? Oh, it's Steve-O. Yeah. Oh, no. I thought, oh, they, yeah. I thought that they were going to do the show and then couldn't do the show. 
That's what I. Well, yeah. Maybe it's not the real Steve. I wanted to get their brewmaster on. Steve-O, what's up, man? Congratulations, Steve-O yeah, yeah, is now work. working with Taps and won. I forget what you win. What was the mid-size? Uh, I was just uh, mid-size brew pub. Yeah, brew pub. There it I, is. I was just calling the play Bruce Lang is it anyway. <laughs> Booze Wang is it? Bruce Wanger? <laughs> Bruce Line is it anyway? Uh, no, we're out of here. We're leaving. We're going. Um, but you did call in All just right. in time for us to congratulate you. Like I said, Steve O now works for Taps, and they won. Which what was the brewery? Uh, Medium sized brew pub. pub. Yeah. Medium sized brew pub. And a couple medals. A couple Medium sized. Yeah, that's how you get that one. Yeah. Oh, shut up, Warren. <laughs> yeah. Mid sized brew pub of the year. Their beers are really good. I had some there at the festival. I did too. Yeah. In fact, I had Steve will make you. He had me in a headlock. Made <laughs> <laughs> he me go over there. Drink. That's what he does. Well, <laughs> I was just happy to see you guys. I miss uh, you. We love you, Steve. by the way. So, and and I really just wanted to say that you know I know it's not the interview or anything. You wanted Moscow was dying for my brewmaster, and I tried to get him on. He said maybe in the future, but I just really wanted to come on and say thank you guys because I'm just some poor Mexican that's barely learning how to brew, and. Most of it is due to you guys, so that's all I really wanted to say. Uh, well, thanks, brother. Thanks for saying that. Hey, look, we were proud of you, and I uh, went over and tried the beers. I had uh, like a Keller beer and a and um you the door and a Dormunder. Yeah, uh, really good. Both yeah. fantastic beers. But every time I got to see you go up there and get a metal Stevo, I peed a little in my pants. I was very happy for you. <laughs> I peed when I see you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we're drunk. I, we you guys, man. I know you're trying to head out. I just wanted to call and say hi. I miss you. Uh, glad so. you did. We love you, too. And congrats. It's a big deal. So pat uh, yourself on the back and enjoy the win, man. For sure. All right, brother. Cheers. You don't right, fucking out. know me, Steve-O. <laughs> <Sorry. Whoa. laughs> He's got all the drops still. Yeah. All right. Are we done? Yeah. We're done. Uh, next week, we have... Uh, Creature Comforts. They are coming out to the studio from Athens, Georgia. We had them, uh, yeah, briefly on the uh, the Sour Hour. They sent in, uh, I think they're Berliner and a couple other beers, and they were really fantastic. Uh, And they're cool guys, and they're coming out to join us here at the Grenade. How close is Athens to Atlanta? You know, we're big in the Atlanta Police Department. I don't know if you know (laughs) that. Well, Lunch Meat is big. Oh, right. Lunch Meat's big. Not just, okay, good call. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to that. It'll be a great show. If you're around this week, we got Bear Republic coming into uh, the Hop Grenade on Wednesday to do uh, uh, a beer night with us. And then next weekend, or this coming weekend, I should say, we are doing a GABF medal winners uh, tap list. And we'll have GABF medal winners on, I think, all weekend long, unless we sell out on Friday. Maybe some from Central Coast Brewing Company. That would be cool. Can we get that STS, do you think? Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Let's just call a guy hmm. that we know. Put in a request. I can, I can maybe send an email. Yeah. See if we can do that. We'll get some winners in here. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks to our brewers who came on today, uh, Paul Sangster and and Brendan and Matt Brennelson called in, and of course, Jay from the Rare Barrel. I also want to thank, once again, uh, Chuck Silva for taking time out of his night, as well as Meg Gill for taking time out of her night to call us and um, give us some scoops on, on what they're doing. I guess not really scoops, but some more info, right? And that was nice of them. All right. We'll be back next week. Take care, everybody. Just in my sky and wind.